What's going on, everybody? Cali Death Podcast back once again, episode 103. I'm your host, Anthony. And as always, I got a few resident homies with me tonight's Casey and Joel. I always ask this in the beginning. I should just ask it pre-pod, but are we going to see the professor tonight? Does anybody know? Nobody knows. Oh, know. well, we love you. The, we love you, Professor, a.k.a. Yeah. Joseph. We'd love to have you back on the show, bro. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, dude, here with Casey and Joel, as always. And uh, tonight we're joined by the great Mike Centrone from Dehumanized fame. What's going on, Mike? I'm still grooving from the theme song, man. Hell yeah, dude. I know. We, we, from that. we love it, dude. I mean, that that uh, the story behind that real quick is uh, uh, we should actually address that. That's perfect for us to address that right now. Uh, we've always been uh, saying his name wrong. Casey, how do we say Christopher's last oh, name? I figured that out. Yeah, so we were it's saying Chris, Chris Beatty. It's Christopher. Right. It's Christopher Beatty. 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 Oh. Like Warren Beatty. Beatty. Yeah. 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 Right. Oh, yeah. Nice. And I yeah. saw him at the Zenith Passage show with the the Shadow of Intent show with uh Wormed Zenith Passage and uh In Fury and uh Wormed played. Yeah, worm. Or no, I'm sorry. Uh, wormhole. Oh, okay. I was like, I was like okay, Worm came over for that, dude. So bad, <laughs> dude. I'm so bad with the names fucking it up. But yeah. <laughs> anyways, anyways, Zenith Passage played, and uh, I hung out with Chris, and he's great, and he's awesome. And he, he was just chilling. He's like, oh, yeah, dude, it's Chris. Or no, someone came up. That's what it was. Someone came up and was like, hey, what's up, dude? Christopher Beatty, dude. And I was like, Beatty? Like, who's that? And then he was laughing. He's like, that's actually how you say it. And I was Whoa. like, I want to say All that that this was... time, dude, two years. I know <laughs> he, he he did the intro song, you know. Yeah, two years of doing the pod, and we, we had an episode with him. Everything he's never corrected us. And I, I was like, I know, dude. Well, I want to I want to kind of blame the professor for that because I think he said Beatty in the beginning, and that's we just ran with we, it. We called him Beetle in the beginning. Like Why? Well, yeah, because that's just my classic. Yeah, Anthony couldn't. He was like Christopher Beatty, all the time, Beatty, dude. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. Beatty, still Beatty, well, so yeah, Michael corrects he, me. He's the guitar player, uh, second guitar player of Zenith Passage. Zenith Passage. See, I just fucked up a name right there. Zenith. Zenith. Um, yeah, he he was a, a fan in the beginning. Knew Joseph uh, before he was even in the Zenith Passage, and Joseph got him. Him and Joseph collaborated on that song, and it was it was perfect, dude. The first first thing they submitted were like, "Yes, that's it, dude." That's that's exactly what our intro song should be. So yeah, yep. dude. it's dope. Long, yeah, dude, we love it, dude. I I still rock out to it when we're getting ready to go live. So yeah, it'd be cool. Thank we you. should talk to talk to him about like making it a full song because he like that dude's a writing machine. I'm sure he could just turn that into like a a full song. I'm sure he would. Yeah. Shout out, Dreamer. Yeah, yeah, Dreamer. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So yeah, dude, love Christopher Beatty. And uh, I know it's so yeah. weird. How are we gonna sh- shift to that, dude? I'm not. <laughs> I can I just call him Beatty, dude. Who cares? Yeah. yeah, I can relate. I have mutual friends where um, I told one about the other for so many years, and they were like, No, nah, I don't know this dude. I don't know this dude. And I'm like, Yo, you definitely do. He says he knows you, vice versa. You guys, I've seen you guys together, but the thing is, he only knew this guy from a nickname. And I was telling him, you know, I was referring to him by his actual name. 
Mm, and finally, when it like dawned on me, and I was like, "Oh, he probably knows him by the nickname." And then when I said the nickname, he was like, "Oh yeah, I've known that dude forever. I, this is the guy that you've been talking about this whole time." I'm like, "Yeah, man, fucking that's that's this dude." It's that like is. calling like King Diamond by his real name, or I don't even know what his real name is, but like, yeah, you know Frank. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like Charles or something. Yeah. Well, yeah, dude, uh, thank you, Michael, for uh, hanging out with us tonight, dude. Um, I was excited to have you on after uh, with our correspondence. Dehumanize has been a band that I've loved since high school. We were just talking about that, and uh, uh, George actually is an acquaintance of mine. We haven't spoken in years, but um, I I was you know in touch with him, me and my my uh, good friend Dan Kenny, and uh, yeah, always been a fan of Dehumanize's music. So it's really cool that you are on the show now and you can tell us about your time with the band and all that and also uh, you're an author too and and actually we should do the plugs real quick let's do that um for yeah. us battleforge coffee as always dot bottle for blah blah blah, blah. <laughs> battleforgecoffee.com go over there support our homies they they uh are doing a good thing over there and you know it's always good to have a side hustle aside from the music so Go go support the underground, our homies in Deeds of Flesh. And um that's it because we don't have fucking merch still. And <laughs> we're we're fucking we'll get it, we'll get the ball rolling again for you guys soon, dudes. Um and chicks. And uh yeah, no live baggings at this time. But yeah, dude. Um go check out uh Odious Mortem and Severed Savior and uh All Realm and all these great projects that we're a part of. We never really plugged that shit. So maybe we should fill up the plug sessions section with our art metal for moms, dude. Yes. Go, go check out metal for moms. All right. And Michael for you, dude, what's, what's up uh, with you? Where do you want people to go online to dehumanize merchandise uh, where they could find your book and all that kind of books? Well, you know, first of all, likewise, thank you for having me. It's, it's a pleasure. It's awesome. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, with, with Dehumanize, I mean, really, the only, like, merch page that I know that's still active is the Bandcamp page. And really, the only thing that's available there is just, you know, the Beyond the Mind album in digital and CD form. We don't really have, you know, a big cartel store anymore. You know, the band, you know, the band broke up three years ago, so there's really, you know, not much online mm -hmm. where you find, like, Dehumanize merch, you know, from us. I think Brutal Minds is pressing like a split demo soon with us and Skinless or something, you know, our classic demos. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. They also printed, you know, some new long sleeves, you know, with a, with a John Zig design and all that. So I guess, yeah, you can check out Brutal Minds. They, they have some some fresh dehumanized stuff. Is that going to be a skinless, their, the old skinless demo as yeah. well? Oh, yeah. Okay. Sweet, so, dude. Classic, yeah, I saw that split. Yeah. That thing. Classic yeah. demos from both bands um yeah as far as my my book goes it's my second poetry collection it's titled powerless machine nice. uh, right here i got an author proof copy you know nice uh, just to give you guys an idea what it looks like emily levine did the cover that dude looks mad depressed debilitated dehumanized whatever you want to say mm -hmm. she did a fantastic job with the artwork it's available on amazon you know in ebook and cool. obviously in paperback Right now, the pre-order is live for the ebook. Um, for some reason, Amazon doesn't let like 
physical copies of books be available for pre-order. I don't know why. Hmm. But yeah, Powerless Machines, my second co poetry collection. It's it's available on Amazon. November fifteenth is the official release date. That's where you know nice. you can actually pick up the the paperback, the physical copy, which is what I prefer. Also, like all my books, I I, I hate I I can't read a book on a on a screen. You know, I yeah. Yeah. I need to hold I need to hold it in my hand. I need to smell the pages. You know, I agree, dude. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm like that with, with like any physical media, you know, I'd rather go that route than stream or, or digital. Yeah. You know, and, um, because, you know, also the, the critical thinker conspiracy theorist in me also, you know, takes, takes an effect that when something is purely just streamed or digital, it's much easier to be censored, edited, or just removed from, from yeah. the planet you know, removed from existence where if yeah. you have a physical copy of something, they can't take that from you. You know what I'm saying? You have the, the vision, the version of that piece of media, the way it was originally meant to be printed and presented. So, um, totally, yeah, dude. it's, it's, it's on That's Amazon. Awesome. I, I, I feel you on that dude, because I'm, I'm that same way. We're from a generation before MP3s, before all that shit. There was no, uh, you know kindle when i was a kid it was literally you want to read a book you have to purchase it you know it'd yeah. go to barnes it, as a kid i'd love to go to barnes and noble and just flip through everything dude and and yeah having the book in my hand is still something it's a way my way of consuming um literature physically still to this day and and uh, just to go off on a little side note i I'm, I'm in a different place you guys can obviously see who's watching this right now i have a, a different background i currently i just officially sold my house so i he was unloading stuff from the garage and and found a huge uh Tupperware bin full of CDs and a huge Tupperware bin full of books that I haven't, uh, you know, checked out in a while because they've been buried in the garage. And I am having a blast going through all of that right now and finding all the gems that that I knew I had but didn't really know where they were because everything was just kind of thrown into uh these these containers and now i get to go through that and man i'm finding so much cool stuff right now hidden treasure i'm so yeah. proud i'm so yeah. proud of my collections and cds <laughs> and books right now i'm like yeah. yes i own this i own that i own this and and yeah so i'm just having a lot of fun with that and and it reignited that same thing that we're talking about having that physical copy being able to hold the satanic bible from Anton LaVey right there. It's always, yeah, I can flip through it and yeah. We are, cool no, we, yeah, we are, we are physical beings, man. We're physical creatures. We're fucking, you know, we're sensual creatures, sensual beings. We need to touch. We need our senses to be stimulated, you know, and when something's just purely streamed on digital, you know, it, it takes away, it really like impairs a lot of our senses, you know, when, when, mm -hmm. we're, when we're, you know, consuming media consuming art or, or or whatever so yeah i'm you know i'm i'm big on yeah physical stuff one thing that sucks for me too though is that because i'm like a total um the worst reading comprehension like in maybe the world 
<laughs> um, I just I was trying the other day. I was actually uh, today. I had to do a bunch of like training and was a bunch of tests at the end, and I was like, it's like a word thing. You have to read out the whole like the word problem and stuff. And I would just be like, forgot the beginning, like what was going, like totally jumping ahead, like wanting to jump. Like I, I'm noticing my tendency of wanting to jump through things and not like go mm -hmm. through every word and go like, okay. I'm like, all right, what's at the bottom? What's, <laughs> that's like what I do every time. And um, I've found, I mean, for me personally, I'm totally um, listening to books and listening to stuff. I can, I can take it in. I'm a, I'm a listener. I can take it in. It sucks because I only got one ear. But uh, I can totally like take it in better than like when I'm reading it. Like I'm, yeah. I'm totally lost. I'm, I'm like, what's I'm, going on? I have to go back and read it again. And, you're an yeah. auditory learner, bro. So I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah. In yeah. fact, when I went back to school and I had to finally get my degree, I had to listen to, I had to put presentations and I would do the voice. Luckily, I, the technology was enough because I went yep. to college 10 years later. But like I had to listen to the text read to me while I was doing dishes and cleaning and stuff mm -hmm. to like get it in my head like a tape. Like I can't, yeah. I can't learn from just visual. So, I mean, you guys, so. with what you're saying right now, I mean that that makes a, a good point. It's like, um, if there is a piece of information that you want to absorb, it should be absorbed the best way you can absorb it. So, me and Michael are the guys that like to sit with the book, flip the pages. But if if that situation makes it to where you guys can't absorb as much as what we are then of course i would say absorb it the way that you can really get it in there you know and audiobooks are are like hearing hearing the actual author read their own book as long as they don't have a shitty voice um <laughs> like it, it, <laughs> yeah i i yeah i recorded an audiobook for my first book actually yeah so I, rec I recited all the poems, you know, and my, my, my buddy, my old bandmate from Through the Discipline, he recorded the audio of just me reciting the poems and shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's two, there's, for poems and stuff, there's two cool things about that. There's one, I think it'd be cool to do both, like, to if they're, if they're poems, it's, you know, you want the, how it affects you first and how, like, you're reading it in your head. And then you, I mean, I want to hear how the author wrote it, too, and right. how he's portraying it, too. So you have two different kinds of media, but. One of the cool things about the audiobooks that, which I don't, I'm, I'm still like, even my attention span is really bad, but I'm like, you know, listening to podcasts. I need like kind of like live stream of consciousness, or maybe I can tell like stories that are short stories that are cool. I can do that. But um, one thing that I noticed cool about the audiobooks I have listened to is that when the, the, the author will go off sometimes and just go off on some extra shit that's not in the book yeah, and just start yeah. talking, you know, and yeah. I'm like, He'll like elaborate more on it or something. He's just like, well, digressed. and then come back to the, you know, the book and stuff. And that's I like the commentary. It's kind of like a behind the scenes mixed with the book. You know, mm -hmm. sometimes it's not like that with every book, but some right. I've heard they're like they'll go off on a tangent of why they got wrote that or what made them right. write that, and that that's like the extra stuff that I'm like totally. Oh, and you know? and if it's somebody that you really enjoy their their writing. Um, that's a great treat. Like, I mean, I always bring him up, but David Lynch's newest book, his audio book is totally different than the, I mean, not totally different. It obviously is him reading the book, but he will do that. He'll go off into these other things that give a, a better perspective or just, you know, enrich what he's talking about, what he's talking about in the book better when he is just stream of consciousness, you know, and, 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 it, those those things happen in those moments where he's recording too. He 
didn't plan on going off a little bit more on this, this or that, but it, you yeah. still get the, so yeah, I, I, I understand all of it, but you know, I, I still like to look at my bookcase and, and see all those books. It must be nice. Like, look at, <laughs> you know, that when I, when I die, there's going to be Anthony's library, you know, when people, yeah, yeah. when people pass, they, they have their own little library and, and, uh, I got Hopefully. a confession to make. Go for it. I have a physical book on my little bookshelf over here that Joseph gave me mm -hmm. like years ago, and I haven't read it yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, I it's funny because Anthony said going to Barnes and Noble and looking at books. Like I always had the fantasy of I would go look at the books and be like, "This looks sick," and I just wouldn't, wouldn't buy it. <laughs> but I'd be like, I would read the back of it, like a tenth of the back of it, and be like, "Oh, that's cool, dude." And then just yeah. like I would have that's these it. like fantasies. Yeah. Of like reading these books that I just was like I know if I I mean well all I, all, I, all I can say is like from personal experience I was never a big reader in general like especially in school I, I always loved writing but I was never a big reader and my reading comprehension skills were were you know satisfactory whatever and really I only started getting into like reading books hardcore like ten years ago mm -hmm. interesting. And since then, you know, I've just been consistently, you know, reading books one after the other. And when I first started to read books once again, I had that same problem, like my reading comprehension. I had to reread shit all over. Mm -hmm. I had to just like slow it down and made sure like I really understand what the hell I just read. And over time, you know, doing that more and more and practicing that. Yeah. It made my it, it really like strengthen my reading comprehension skills you know the, the the brain is just it's a muscle just like anything else in in our sure. body it just needs it may need just like practice yeah you know? yeah i feel so like if joseph sense. is here like the professor i feel like he would have something really quick and witty to say about it he'd <laughs> well, be trevor like, said well, the same thing well, trevor's blah, blah, blah. a teacher uh, my my roommate slash best friend's a teacher mm -hmm. roommate slash best too. friend that's <laughs> yeah he's like oh, yeah. he can probably yeah. hear me talk shout out to trevor shout out to trevor but uh, like, you, literally, Fuck he yeah. fucking like told me he's like, dude, it's. I feel like yeah, you might have it harder than some people, but like you have to. I guess maybe my wants, like I haven't been satisfied in like a long story where I'm reading it and I'm like, I don't know, I I have no idea because usually when I want to do something, I'll do it or like you know something. Mm -hmm. that if you want to learn something, you'll yeah. Learn it. you'll yeah, you'll work harder because you want the goal. Just yeah, you get caught on yeah, it. Yeah. And you're like, I need to figure yeah. this out. Like yeah. Casey's the ultimate example of that like he'll be like oh this program what the hell is going on the next thing you know like he's like oh i spent all day on it and i'm like i've got all these things you know just stuff like that he'll like that if it was like a book version of that to me i would just be like hey, you know like get into it but he was like yeah. yeah same thing it's a muscle you really have to do it slowly because well, i catch myself when i'm doing it. i'm like running i'm going way too fast yeah and i'm like well, slow the fuck down stop yeah you know well because like, i myself you probably you guys too but i had 80 hd 80 whatever all that stuff and for me like as i've gotten older it's gotten easier to like comprehend stuff like that and, and follow but in college and stuff you have to read a ton of shit so like I, I i can read and i i do read i have to for work and stuff i can read you know but like for me it's like the audio is just so much easier dude it's yeah. like yeah. 10 times I, I i've been i got the airpods finally after like 100 years of never having them it's like the game most game oh, no, that's thing my ever. favorite like, apple product ever <laughs> yeah for, for me to, to cruise around cleaning and doing other things and listening to work or like you know presentation or like when i'm trying, trying to study it just it just gets in my brain like a tape i don't know it's like music it's like gabe sieber of 
studying, dude. That's oh yeah, yeah. Just his technique. Just to, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like speaking, like in relation to you know listening to something and letting letting it like you know seep in. I actually did some what it's it's called cognitive behavioral therapy, mm-hmm. and okay. uh, to help bring me out of a, a dark period that I went through eight years ago. I actually literally recorded my own voice countering like negative thoughts that I was, you know, getting stuck on all the negative thought patterns. And I literally recorded my voice, even though I didn't believe what I was saying into the recorder at the time, but it was just countering those negative thoughts. And I literally went to sleep every night listening to my own voice, countering these negative thought patterns. And over time, as soon as like the next morning i felt like you know a a weight lifted a little bit off my chest like interesting i was was literally brainwashing myself basically wow have you guys ever gone to sleep with stuff like that where you like listen to things and you my uh girl i was dating for a while would um she was like a really good like one of the top sales real estate people in her area and she was like obsessed with coaching other people and stuff and she would like have these I mean, it's kind of similar. It, they were really, they were pretty cheesy to listen to, but I would listen to it for her. But it would be like these positive affirmation things where it would just be like saying all this positive shit about you. And it would mm-hmm. just be going a bunch. Mm-hmm. And I'd be sitting there and I was like, you know, my cynical ass was going like, yeah, right, fuck you. Like, I was like, you know, I'm like, I'm like fighting it in my head. I'm like not trying to. I'm trying to be like, I'm open to this. But the, but the little like comedian in the back of my head is like trying to make jokes about it and like mm-hmm. trying to make fun of it. But she's like, I just listen to it every day. I'm just like, that's, you know, she gets her fucking brain going for the day. She gets like a hype from it, like kind of like almost like a cup of coffee. And then she goes and that's how she goes and does her day and becomes number one, whatever she is, you know? We, uh, yeah, we, we are, you know, again, I'm kind of like plugging my book, but we are machines in, in some ways where we can program ourselves to, believe something that we didn't believe prior we can program ourselves to think we're capable of something that we weren't prior you know mm-hmm. and all it takes really is it's just the effort and yeah the the discipline and 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 the practice you know that's that's really all it takes and you know it it just comes down to a person really have taken the initiative and and having the the desire to actually put the work in yeah you know, and a lot of counteracting the effort is that voice in your brain. A lot, a lot oh, of yeah. counteracting the, the motivation is the voice going like, you're like, I should do this. It's like yep. me. I should read that book. I should buy that Barnes and Noble book. But I'm like the back of the head's like, dude, you're not going to fucking read that. Why the fuck? Yeah. School to, you know, like, dude, you <laughs> should go work out at four in the morning and get like, get like, go, get going. That's like, you, yeah, I'll sit up you, and just be like, yeah, I should totally do that. Or you procrastinate, <laughs> procrastinate or you get distracted. Uh, one of the one of the best like self motivating books if you want to call it it was called the 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 war of art by oh, I knew you were gonna yeah, yeah, yeah. Know about ten that. seconds okay. ago I knew you were gonna bring this book is that on tape yeah. is that on tape it probably is okay. it's in it's in it my out. bag right now it's my bible yeah no totally that that shit changed my life even I mean, Pressfield's writings in that book has as and and you still find no matter how many times I read that book. I, I'm now at least mindful of yep. the resistance yep. enough to where even when I let it Fuck, take I read it, that. when, when the resistance, I, I still let it win plenty of times, but oh, yeah. I, at least I'm mindful of knowing like when it happens, you yep. know? Yeah. I, dude, fucking when I, 
when Dehumanized broke up, it was weird. It was like something clicked in my head where I just said to myself, you know, maybe it's about time I start publishing shit because for, for all my life, I have been writing and whether it's poetry, whether it's journaling, whether it's short stories, comedy, and most of it, I never really shared with anybody. But then when Dehumanized broke up, something clicked in my head and I was like, you know, maybe I should start just publishing, publishing some of this shit. And then once I started to get into that arena and then I came across that book, The War of Art, it really like inspired me and motivated me to, to really like be more disciplined and write every single day, literally write every day. And because really, ultimately, this is what I want my career to be. You know, I, I want to be a writer. And mm -hmm. in, in a way, I kind of have to like become that before I become it in reality. You know, that goes back to the programming thing that you're talking right? about. You're programming yourself to have the output because you're forcing yourself to write. Mm -hmm. And um, that is something that I, again, I say that I, I let I still let the resistance win sometimes and I, I need to fucking sack up right now, dude, because I want to write, but I just yeah. don't, with all the other bullshit that's going on in life, it, it's keeping me from sitting down and really focusing on it, you know? Yeah, because it's hard. It's not an easy thing to do. And it's so easy to just, oh, let me, you know, put on this movie, you know, or let me call this person or let me, you know, check my fucking social media, you know, easy shit, you know, right. instant gratification, easy pickings. Writing is, you know, and this goes for anything. I mean, not only writing. I mean, if you if you're somebody who is an entrepreneur or whatever, or, or your goal is to be, you know, a, a scientist or your goal is to be uh, a pro athlete or whatever, it, it, the same logic applies. Like, right. you got to be willing to put in the work and, and be disciplined and, you know, take it so seriously where you're already in that state of mind by the time you actually do become the professional in reality. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah I like that. I, I, I also think there's something to be said about the state of mind and also like the surroundings, like, like thinking of kind of creating that mental space, like, all right, dude, I'm going to light a candle. You know, I'm gonna put on this yeah, feng shui and, and shit. Yeah. yeah, dude. Like, you know, and make it a ritual. Yeah, like, well, that's yeah. what Pressfield talks about in this book. He sits down on his desk. He has his lucky this. He has his lucky that, and and it's all there for him. It, you know, and that's part of the reason why I started collecting coins because um, it's a it's a piece of pocket art that show that reminds you that it, this was an idea that was brought to fruition. And now I own it and see another artist's idea that came to fruition. So it's like little, little things like that to remind you yeah. that, that um, there there's the point a and the point B you got to take the journey. Yep. I just had a thought real quick that like, I feel like the mind, like there's parts of the mind that are like timid to like come out based on the situation. So like when you're in a state of like defense or like, you know, nature, like things of like, they like hide, you know, but like when you're in a state of complete comfort and just like experiencing like your own, like you're, in, you know, you're, you're warm, you're whatever it is, like then your, your mind can open up and all those things come out freely. So yeah. that's kind of the same thing as creating an environment like that you can create and you have to like create a, like, like it's like a, 
a warm bed for your brain to like open to up work. but yeah. also like more more like neural passageways or something mm -hmm. would be like yeah putting yourself in, in like places of discomfort and finding out that putting yourself in discomfort actually turned out positive in the end you know what i mean like it like your fucking comfort and like and you're like oh i don't want like for me like i'm like i don't want to go to the gym i don't want to like see someone i know or i'm just using the gym as like an easy example i'm like i'm like worried about that the whole time i'm like thinking about like the so like random social shit i don't want to deal with mm -hmm. and i use it as an excuse later but then i'll sometimes i'll go and it's like yeah there's this oh i saw a friend i haven't seen in fucking 15 years that i yeah. love to death and then i had a great workout and you know, it's like a, it's Dude, a kind of a analogy for like some things where I'm like, once you like, or people like come out and I'm like, I don't want to go out anywhere tonight. I've, I'm I've like, gotten... fuck it. I'll go out. And I have like the greatest night of my life. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, it's that anxiety. That's anxiety. Social anxiety. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Too. And then you go yeah. and you have the greatest time. I know it's, it's, it's so funny. Yeah. It's getting... like, oh, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. I was, I was going to say getting back to like, you know, putting yourself in the right like position, putting yourself in the right mood for stuff ironically for me it's weird i get my best ideas they come to me when i'm doing like mundane shit or i'm doing like monotonous shit like while i'm driving or something like that's when like my best ideas will come to me and my worst ones too yeah and uh it's just weird mine because is, mine's pissing mine's pissing and yeah. shitting <laughs> I swear to God. I, well, again, you know, you're releasing your, you know, I get, I, that, those happen to me too, dude. Like some of my favorite things that I've written, I can go and go back and remember that they just fell, almost fell into my lap, you know, and that's where I go with that whole, I'm a, uh, an antenna that, that is, you know, how my connection to the muse or whatever you want to call it um was was as it was thick at that time and and i was ready to accept whatever idea was ready to fall or if you i'm going to say it again david lynch he takes it he he takes the the, the metaphor of going fishing you know you got to yep. sit and be quiet and just wait mm -hmm. and you know the 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 meditation aspect of that can make you get to the deeper part of the river and catch the bigger fish. Yeah, you know? that's the same as me. It's like, well, the best ideas come to me when things are falling out of my lap. That's a, a shit joke. <laughs> <Out of your asshole. laughs> what would be falling out of your lap? I mean, I'm just dinner, a, a, a TV yeah, yeah. dinner. Yeah, while you're watching TV a football dinner, game. Yeah. <laughs> it's a DoorDash, nicely crafted meal that I spent way too much on. But yo, and yo, for me, for for the last like seven years or so, I started this habit where when I would get an idea, I always have a little like pocket notebook on me, and I'll jot that shit down, even if it's stupid in the moment. I'll jot that down because I was so tired of getting to to band practice or whatever, and coming up to the guys like yo i had this awesome idea for a riff during the week and i just totally fucking forgot it oh yeah, yeah that's, that's, like, that's that a classic gotta gotta write it down whenever yeah. you get it type situation because i've i've had that same thing too i mean uh, so you're a guitar player too no so it's just no. in your head and you would yeah. uh, you can verbally... mouth it so you, could, you could speak death yeah, metal yeah. Into, a, into a thing and just look like that, that one clip i played of john tesh it's like John Tesh coming up with like that famous NBA theme. He just yeah. sees all it's it's him with this shitty fucking answer machine. He tells the story like I just fucking 
like randomly thought of this thing. He's like his, him calling like an old school answering machine. He brings it on stage and it goes like, you know, like randomly just does it. He's like, all right, take it like bye. And that's like comes back home and then he's got it. He's like, oh yeah, that and just like builds off that. And all of a sudden, like it's like one of the most famous listened to themes of the 90s. No matter how much you tell yourself you're gonna remember that idea, sometimes oh, it's gone. You you have to write it down because it's not gonna be there when you want it again. Yep. Yep. And it it's like heartbreaking too. When that happens, we've all done that. We've all said, you know what? Or you're, you're definitely too busy. heartbreaking for sure, dude. Oh, for sure, dude. Because oh, yeah, you're stoked you on it. To, you were so stoked on it, and you're like, oh, this is this was something great that I I can't conjure up again. You've broken <laughs> your own heart, dude. And also, a lot of times, like, yo, I'll wake up from sleeping and I'll have a riff in my head. I'll have I'll have a fucking section in my head, you know, and and it'll just be gone within minutes. Mm. and it's just that's it like i lost my 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 chance you know you know it's funny even even rich you know my my old guitar player from dehumanized he would do something similar he would he would carry uh you know on his phone he would sing literally a riff idea into his phone and record it yep and then bring it to practice or you know when he got home you know he would he would start fucking around with it and, and and go from there very important man when when you get these ideas you get these inspirations it's very important to recognize it in the moment capture that shit yeah like a yeah we do when we have computers in our fucking pocket so like exactly might, might as well nowadays you know no it's so like yeah <laughs> it's crazy no, it's oh. so all right i love all this talk but <clears throat> let's get into you a little bit michael sure um so how we do it on the show is take us back as far as you can, dude. Um, throw us in the time machine and t- take us back to uh, the earliest memory in childhood where uh, um, art or music became something more important than just, you know, doodling, writing, or listening to background music. Well, yeah, my original passion, my original passion was writing, always. Um, music came a little bit later in my childhood. And, you know, it's, I, can, I can sort of trace it back to a moment where I actually um, was, was motivated to actually perform or to share music. And I had this, this Bohemian Rhapsody single. Nice. And... I would blast it out the window of my of my old apartment where I used to live yeah. and a little mini boombox. I would blast it out the window because I just I wanted the world to hear it. Yep. You know, I was like nine, eight, nine years old. Totally, dude. And I was like, for some reason, I wanted to share this with people. I needed the world to, to, to know about this, even though the song was already like 20 years old by that point. Um, and then. I remember there was a concert that was on TV. It was like this worldwide event. It was a, like a tribute to Freddie Mercury. It was like, um, you know, he had already passed away. It was in like 91 or something. And it was a bunch of famous artists, bands, like playing Queen covers. And I remember seeing Guns N' Roses do, you know, We Will Rock You and do Knocking on Heaven's Door, even though that's not a Queen's cover. But just seeing Guns N' Roses on TV and seeing Axl Rose in his fucking Raider jersey, you know, hopping around, prancing around like that, 
I think that was maybe the first moment where I was like, that looks like fun. Like uh, that looks like something that, that I would have fun doing. Mm -hmm. And, um, and then uh, as far as like performing in front of people, like the earliest memory I have of really like taking that on, I, uh, it was like some school play, maybe like in third grade or some shit. I remember I, I had to play John Adams in, in this play. And I remember the script was super long. I had a shit ton of lines and my, my, my mom and like other, other kids in the class, they were like, you sure you, you want to do that? You know, it's, it's a lot. And I was like, yeah, whatever, you know? And, and I performed the play and, and I executed it and I had it all memorized the lines and all that shit. And I did it and knocked it out of the park. And I remember feeling that, that sense of, you know, accomplishment, that sense of pride, you know, that sense of like creating something and sharing it, you know, and performing it in front of people. Right. I think that was maybe like my first moment of, you know, enjoying being on a stage. Totally. And then, yeah, I, I remember like the summer of sixth grade going into seventh grade, I was on like this whitewater rafting trip with my original bass player. And after the trip, we went back to like his uncle's house in the Bronx. And, you know, when you're young like that, everybody, all the grownups always ask you, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up? What do you want to be when you grow up? And for some reason, I answered his uncle with, I want to be a singer. Like it just hit me right there in the moment. Wow. He was like, yo, that, that's, that's cool. And he looked at my, and he went to my, my, my friend who was my, original bass player he's like yo anthony I, I got an extra bass that i haven't played in years you can take it and you guys start a band together like it was cute you know right but in but in my head i was like yo this that sounds fucking cool let's do that and then like it was maybe like in seventh grade where i actually like we formed our first like actual full band with a with a guitar player and a drummer also we were a four piece we were called the spittoons we played fucking grunge covers. Our, our originals were like punk rock, fucking grunge style shit. And uh, and then that was it. Like since since that time, like I was in a band basically up until three years ago for the most part. Um, How so old are you? I'm, I'll be turning 40 next month. Okay, so you're right around the same age as us. So you, yeah. yeah, you're definitely grunge was a big part of our childhood. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, Fucking Alice in Chains was my shit, man. Like, just, really. It's so funny that you brought up that blasting the music out the window because I yeah. would do that. I would do that with Offspring, Nirvana, Green yeah. Day, and yeah. I always wanted my window open. I always wanted it loud, so, yeah. so just in case a neighbor would hear it, who yeah. probably was like, "Fucking turn it down." Yeah. Just a little, a little weeds question for you. So, who do you think? I'm, I'm going to give you mine right now because I just thought about it. Who's the big four of grunge? I would say Alice in Chains. Soundgarden, STP, STP, and then Pearl Jam, Nirvana and Pearl Jam. I I'd say. Yeah, that's a hard one. That's a that's a coin flip yeah. for me. Pearl Nirvana, like Soundgarden, House oh, Chains, STP. Uh, yeah, yeah. But Pearl Jam. I mean, I think I think I mean Eddie Pearl Jam has a lot to do with and, that, a lot yeah. do, and then the, the music, Soundgarden, the musicianship of it of like that's way crazy. I don't know. You know what's funny? What's funny about the whole grunge scene and like the if you want to call them big four, big five, whatever the marquee bands of the grunge scene, when you take them individually, 
their styles were very different from different. each other. Yeah, which was cool. And yet they got lumped in under this one genre. It's it's it, you know it's, it's kind of the vocals mainly. I would say like the kind of yarling of kind of like that kind of like yarling. style of vocals kind of. That's like the only thing they had in common, really. That's all. That's it. I mean, if you look at like, <laughs> yeah, if yeah, you look at like, Nirvana didn't do that, and Nirvana. Okay, Nirvana. You have to have Nirvana in that list. It's just how it is. Yeah, yeah they were. Yeah, more they're, they're pop. Neil Young. Dark <laughs> fucking heavy metal style, you know, and then Soundgarden was fucking, Soundgarden was fucking Sabbath with with Chris Cornell on vocals. Right. Yeah. And Pearl Jam, like the hard rock Pearl Jam was Neil Young, you know, and, and they were totally different. Chris Cornell <laughs> over every vocalist that we've mentioned so far for me. I got it. Yeah. Lane Staley, Chris Cornell. I mean, Chris Lane Cornell Staley. Oh, yeah, Lane dude, Staley hard, is the best hard. grunge vocalist of all time. Yeah, yeah. He's my favorite. Lane my Staley, for he's sure. My personal, Not even Chris, close. Lane Staley is my dude, personal favorite, but like I think Chris Cornell. Era, like but Chris Cornell's the hardest. Ball. Chris Cornell's the hardest to yeah, replicate. Chris Cornell's amazing. He's the hardest to replicate, but, but Lane Staley, everyone, like there's people that can do Lane Lane makes me want to like cry. Like, like, well, you can feel the pain extreme. in him. Like, you know, yeah, I don't like, know. It's like another. I don't know. I'm just saying. My dude, Lane is. Yeah, yeah. That's why I don't really feel like the 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 new Alice in Chains because you know. Yeah. Dude, dude's, dude's a good, good music, but yeah, I know. The dude's a good singer, but you know, he's he belongs with like Lenny Kravitz or some shit. You know, he's not. He doesn't fit the. He doesn't fit the that image that fucking that depression that fucking darkness you know that lane was just emanating yeah, you know, yeah. This, this dude's too happy he's too bouncing around you know what i'm saying like totally <laughs> allison chains didn't they tour with pantera yeah oh yeah yeah they, they were, could they were hard they were hard rock slash grunge they could they do were, everything they, were, they weren't yeah. just grunge they were grunge but yeah but exactly you, they came you, out in the same totally area right. so they're yep. grunge they're grunge it's like yeah, yeah. It's like calling, you know, old, you know, like uh, some sort of Florida death metal band that was hugely influencing everyone to like, oh, they're they're technical death metal. It's like they're death metal, but they're not, you know, it's like they're like Allison Chains has like multiple genres on them. Well, it's not like it's, it's interesting to think of like, I mean, for us, we're old. So all of us, are, I mean, I'm turning 40 in March. So like we're all that same age. So like what it was like when that stuff all came out in the, in the 90s, you know, like when we were young and stuff. And then, like now, looking back on it like with a different eye, you know, and like to me, Nirvana was the best or, or the or the most important or whatever it was, you know, it was Popular. like so, yeah, yeah. And then, like, <laughs> but now looking back, I'm just like, oh yeah, Alice in Chains is the best. Like, if I look at it retrospectively, like I'm like, oh yeah, well, clear, clearly, Alice in Chains is the best band like of the '90s grunge era. Like that, that to me is like not even a question. I think it pretty much it doesn't come like, down to so the many bands. good ones. It's it comes their, down to the albums. Yeah. It comes down to like core, yeah. like well, fucking you know, bass lift, dirt, and yeah, 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 yeah. just basically is. I mean, I know, but they have other albums too. But it comes down to like the top five the albums of grunge. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's not the bands of grunge. I think the top 100%. five albums. It's yeah. like ten. It's like Pearl Jam tens oh, up there. That's a good question, dude. Yeah. Yeah. What are the top five albums of grunge, dude? That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Ten's definitely up there. That's hard. Ten is up there yeah. for sure. Definitely, that's like influenced so many people, and like, yeah, it's because there's yeah, so many yeah. different styles of these bands, and they, they hit their they hit their stride at one or two albums. You know what I mean? Yep. I mean, Allison Chains probably had three albums, but like most bands, like have that album like core with STP. Well, Allison Chains I mean? had four before. I mean, it was like at least they had facelift dirt i'm talking uh, about their top in the top like the ones that are like in the top talking where you throw oh, them, yeah, like yeah, stp yeah. and stuff 
Oh, like, I got you, got you, got you. Yeah, I would say like, yeah. like core was like fucking. Like I listened to core there day, oh, and it was core, like fucking dude. heavy yeah. as shit. I was like, what the hell? Purple tar tone on this. Yeah. I was like, what do you think, Anthony? Cypress Hill, sick, dude. <laughs> Where? Uh, <laughs> no, in all in all honesty, in all honesty, I'm listening to you guys. I'm like, man, these guys know way more about grunge than I do, dude. It's it's our hip hop to your in, in utero yeah. is my favorite. I was, Way more into hip hop when you guys were grunging out, dude. Yeah. So too, I was big into '90s hip hop also at the same time, man. Hell yeah, Wu Tang, Wu Tang, Biggie. You know, I mean, that's the reason why I started writing poetry, dude, is because of hip hop. Yeah. Oh, I mean, you know, speaking of dehumanized, dehumanized. You know, it's we are heavily influenced by by you know the the hip hop genre, especially the '90s hip hop genre. That's where a lot of the groove comes from with dehumanize you know we're and we, we fuck you yeah, you'll catch me yeah you'll you'll catch me listening to odb and shit you know fucking <laughs> cruising around to mob deep and you know and that's what's up dude my roots that's just my roots <laughs> yeah dude i mean 36 chambers has got to be in the top got the... And... <laughs> yes. what that's like Anthony's. What's the top five fucking '90s hip hop? I could. changing it. I uh um, but you know, what's funny is is going back into the '90s and finding all the gems that I wasn't able to uh, come across at that time, just because I was digging as a little, you know, eighth grader, mm-hmm. you know, as as good as I could before the internet and 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 later on coming across you know being older like i actually wanted to bring this guy up to you uh michael because his name's micah nine and his book i would love for you to check it out it's called my kaleidoscope and then it's all his um it's transcribed raps and they read just like poetry dude and and this guy's vocabulary is fucking insane dude and right. and you would you would love all the subject matter i can already tell um so micah nine my kaleidoscope check that book out dude how do you spell his name m-y-k-a number nine okay and and he's from a, a group called freestyle fellowship that was um they actually got signed to a bigger label i forget what label it was but back their their uh first album came out in 91 they're from la nice and and then they really broke out in like 93 basically bone thugs and harmonies bit their style but it, it doesn't even matter about their style because it's the words yeah. micah nine's words are just it's it's next level shit bro mm-hmm. and it reads just like poetry and he just put out this book uh within the last couple of months and uh i got myself a hard copy we're going back to the physical i got myself a hard copy and i love sitting there flipping through every single page and 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 um i'll read i'll read a line multiple times in a row because i really want to absorb what is going on and 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 see how his writing style is and i'm like thinking to myself there's certain times where i'm like oh that's exactly how i would write that but at the same time i I, i'm not even close to as big of a poet as this dude is this guy literally lives to write the best rap poetry you could you could come up with 
It's about, yeah, it's about trying to get inside the writer's head. I mean, it, it, it goes for all art, you know, it's, you're trying to, to see, you're trying to catch them in whatever moment that they were in when they created what they created. And then, you know, on top of that, you're also trying to relate. You're trying to like kind of put it in, in your own perspective and mm -hmm. thing. And um, it's, and, and this guy, he, he lived in, you know, the, the, slums of fucking LA dude but you read him and you could tell that this guy wanted to expand his mind as much as he could and you could tell that this guy was also reading plenty of of material throughout his whole life to be able to you know reference as much as he did in these all these songs and um yeah, dude, it, it is something that's very inspiring, and I can't wait to get your book, too, because I would love to read your poetry and see how you write. Thank you. Yeah, fucking awesome, man. Uh, it's like the same thing. You know, I'm, I'm a big fan. Uh, I'm a big fan of anthropology, you know, evolutionary biology, you know, and history. And I try to, like, through my art, try to, like, put forth messages from those areas and... Mm -hmm how they apply to our everyday life, how they apply to our mental health or spiritual health or our culture and everything. And um, yeah, like, like with my new book, Powerless Machine, you know, it's, it's all about uh, dealing with the feeling of, of powerlessness, you know, and confronting it and overcoming this feeling of powerless powerlessness in this, hyper novel modern culture that we have today that basically is breeding or wants to breed machines more than humans you know and that's where the title pretty much comes comes together the powerless machine it's like the first person perspective myself of you know a living creature that is basically having its primal urges suppressed into existential oblivion you know it's I, yep. I look at I look at modern culture. I mean, I, I'm a big worshiper of the hunter gatherer way of life. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's when we had it right as a species, when we were hunter gatherers. I think, you know, the agricultural revolution was pretty much the worst invention we ever made. Um, and really, since since that time you know i feel like our biological makeup our physiology it's still not adapting well enough to agriculture to begin with and mm. now on top of agriculture over the years you have industry you have fucking now you have technology you have digital technology now now you have virtual reality and everything our bodies i feel like we still crave we still function in like that hunter gatherer mentality right you know and we're sort of like still malfunctioning we're maladapting and and i think that's why there's a lot of issues with mental health there's a lot of issues with physical health you know the our diets and you know uh, what we're exposed to as far as you know uh the social spectrum and everything, you know, the isolationist culture that, that has developed, especially COVID exacerbating that, 
you know, we're supposed to be social creatures. We're supposed to be rolling in tribes. You know, we're supposed to be collaborating. We're supposed to be egalitarian. That's all the hunter-gatherers were. Of course, yeah, they had their savage side, of course. But we're still just as savage in our own way. So let me go back real quickly because before I go I, on a tangent, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 that's okay. No, that I wanted good. to bring, I wanted to uh, go about uh, go a little bit further into the agricultural thing. So you believe that that actually was uh, Bad a move. downside. Bad to, move. So, but what about um, the growing population? Like, don't you think that the agricultural aspect of civilization was our way of coping with the fact that we had too many humans to feed? I think, yeah. Um, at that time, I don't know. There's many theories as to why we ubiquitously chose agriculture on a mass scale like that across the world, basically. I mean, there's theories that it came that it came about naturally through you know natural catastrophes whether it was glaciation or you know uh, through wildfires then there's other theories about you know um choosing the path of least resistance to our necessities you know making it easier to come across our food rather than having to hunt mm -hmm. you know putting our lives at risk there's 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 a bunch of theories as to why we chose it or not even chose, or maybe we we sort of like evolved to accept agriculture as like our main source, our main method of food production. But I think the unintended consequences that have come from from agriculture are, have really like dehumanized our species. Oh, nice, I, nice, right there. <laughs> I would say I would say that it's not necessarily the agriculture aspect. It would be moving from tribes and villages into civilization yeah because once it became a civilization that that expanded everything so much to where if we're going to try and be a civilization we need to actually keep people fed and that's what forced us to i mean what is it ancient sumer that that is the still yeah. it's still the place that we say is that agriculture and irrigation and all that stuff ended up becoming a thing that we can yeah. we right. can't go back further to find something else like that in history but with the civilization aspect of it bringing it back bringing it from tribes and villages into an expanded civilization and then we're like okay so if we're going to do that we need to be able to keep people fed so yeah. we yeah. we need to figure out a way to yeah. mass, mass produce food Cause as, some, as someone that can't read or uh, I can't, I can't read, but uh, as read. someone that can't cite any cite any sources, um, just the agriculture, it feels like um, when you're explaining it like that, it's kind of like there was an exponential like whoop, where it was going up, where it was like agriculture, then it was like to to we're here, we're here now. Yeah, like, yeah. This, now, you know what I mean. And Basically, like, things are moving faster than we can really. We even though we're yeah. even though we are creating everything, we're what we're creating is moving faster than we're white knuckling. Then our evolution, our evolution's like our brain is like like made to evolve to. Now all of a sudden, like we're still probably like a hundred years behind where our brain, like or our brain is a hundred years behind where our technology is. It's yeah. like that's it's like crazy. yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. you know like what I mean. People, like our brains are just going like we're like yeah. obsessed with these. Like uh, literally, I've been traveling like constantly for the last month or two. And yeah. just seeing, and I, I make a point to look at the phone people. I mean, I'm, I'm a phone person too. But I'm like, 
I'll be yeah. like stuck into it. Yeah. And they'll just be like crossing streets into like a guy that's not looking either yeah. way. And they'll just be like, oh, fuck it. No, like, like it's totally like dove it in their phone. It's pretty wild how much and, you look around and you'll just see people staring at their phones. I see families. Like, I mean, this is a very common thing, but I was just at a, a restaurant the other day and it was a father son, like, adorable thing. Like, Let's go get dinner together. And they both were just like, yeah, no, no. The whole that time. <laughs> when I there was no words. When I go out to dinner with my family, dude, we're going to look each other in the eyes and we're going to talk. Yeah. We're going to have that yeah, experience but, together. But, but sometimes, dude, it's chill. Sometimes there's an awkward silence where it's like, just, I don't want to like you know, sit there. Sometimes it's kind of nice, dude. I don't know what you would think. That's the, that's, the, that's the proper ritual, though. That's, I know. you know, that's how it's supposed to be. We're supposed to gather and celebrate the successful hunt, celebrate the successful forage, you know, and that's when we come together, we congregate yeah. and we share stories and we pass along knowledge. We pass along information to each other. Now we don't have to do that because the phone will pass along information to you now. Right. Whatever you want to know at any second, I can tell you. We don't, we don't, <laughs> what's the light velocity of, I don't know, anything, like a yeah. laser to the moon, how long it will take? We don't. We don't need our elder, we don't need our elders anymore to pass down wisdom and knowledge. The the yeah. the tech overlords, they're our elders now. You know, they are they're the ones yeah, that's, that's with true. the information and the not and the wisdom. I mean, getting back to like, you know, we're talking about civilization and everything, you know, and, and looking at people, you know, in a general public. What I see, man, I see that, you know, we're still I think we're still kind of like animals mostly at heart and we're just domesticated we're just auto domesticated we're just mm -hmm. suppressing our 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 primal instincts our urges our senses and you know that maybe that can that that can like explain why you know when people say like why are people so crazy nowadays or why are people flipping out so much i think it's because this is not the 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 atmosphere the environment the social environment that we that we need that we're not getting any sustenance from this social environment it's just it's it's isolating people it's alienating people um and in turn these people are are, are kind of just they're losing hope they're they're you know they're turning to the wrong people or and or they just don't know how to handle you know being alone with their thoughts or being mm -hmm. alone with their emotions handling their emotions i think because we've created such an unnatural environment through you know through industry through technology and everything where really we're supposed to just be around a around a campfire around a fire you know just fucking sharing stories with each other you know just in the wild you know like we, we i mean we don't most people these days especially those of us that live in cities it's it's hard for us to grasp what it means to to live free range you know mm -hmm. i have this you know i always have this this like this shackled type of feeling you know i'm i'm at the i'm at the mercy of the state and the market you know what i mean it's these invisible constructs that hold an influence on my everyday behavior and my minute to minute my day-to-day -day activities and really it's just it shouldn't be 
such a large amount of power and influence in the hands of a smaller group of people. There should, it, it shouldn't be just one dude or a group, a small group of people that can have so much influence and so much power over millions or billions of people. It's just not practical. It's just, and, but somehow we accept it and we roll with it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, it's a trip. No, for sure, man. Totally. Do you uh, put that in your lyrics too? Like, is that like my, my, especially with dehumanize my lyrics really came from these concepts and really, I mean, it wasn't until after dehumanize broke up ironically. And when I started reading more and writing more and doing more research and, and starting to really get hardcore into anthropology and evolutionary bi biology awesome, is when I started to really come to understand why people act the way they do. Why do I behave the way I do? I always had those questions in my head. You know, it's, I, 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 I think, you know, why am I feeling this way, you know, right now? Or why do I have this, this perspective towards my day job? Why do mm -hmm. I have this perspective towards my government, you know? And, and really, you know, I, I sort of came to like a, a moment of clarity when I started to learn more about our hunter-gatherer forebears and how, you know, um, interesting and how, yeah. And how we, uh, how there's many lessons that we forgot, you know, being those, those type. And, and, and then, you know, they, they still exist. Those, those, those traditional societies. I mean, they're, they're fleeting, but you can, you can look them up. You know, there's the Hadza tribe in, in Northern Africa that still basically live as hunter gatherers. And there's been people documenting them and doing documentaries on them. And yo, they sure. asked chief, they're like, yo, what's, what's the, you know, what's the most important thing in life or something like that. And he's just like, meat that's the first thing he'll say you know it's <laughs> simple it's simple shit i think meat. we've overcomplicated life to a fault and i think we need as a species and this is just my opinion to really like simplify shit a little bit more or slow down at least slow down this progress of digital technology of you know automation uh, of, of, of um, you know, just that whole uh, virtual reality, augmented reality. I think we need to calm down a little bit with that shit. It's sort of like, I mean, it, uh, we, we had Terminator growing up. Like we should learn lessons from yeah. Terminator too. You know, yeah, like we yeah, had yeah, that yeah. starting up in the nineties. Like we might as well, before, yeah. you know, it's like, it really you know, reminds me of uh, the archaic revival by Terrence McKenna. Have you ever read that book? Oh. No. Oh, dude, you should definitely get into that, dude. That's exactly what Terrence talks about. Sorry, I'm rolling a joint as I'm talking to you. No, it's all good, um, baby. He's, he's probably texting. He's probably addicted no, to the dude. phone more than I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm totally I'm on I'm on Amazon ordering my new fucking whatever. Speaking of Amazon, I uh, posted your link. I'll repost it again for the book. Is so why is it it's only two ninety nine? Just yeah, that's for the ebook. Oh, the ebook, okay. Yeah, the, the oh, so it's cheaper, so I should go electronic rather than than uh, physical. It's physical. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the yeah if, you're, if you're auditory, you can have it play. If it's yeah, digital, the paper, I can just go like Alexa, have it play. play. To you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, or you get the Neuralink implant, you can just think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just have yeah. it. Just like, oh, that book, I got it now. Right, got it. Next. Yeah, <laughs> I got the info, all the information. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's crazy. I, I know what you're. 
that's that's i mean i totally see that too i mean that's why like uh a long time ago one of my favorite comedians and one of uh, anthony's favorite comedians too uh, duncan trussell he was talking about we saw him in 2011 12 i don't even know a long time ago right a long time ago yeah yeah and like he was talking about like i know how like elon musk is in the in the press now and everyone knows about him but he was talking about how uh duncan trussell was like i said Aunt alexa actually just got one up there sorry it's listening to our conversation it's gonna cancel me but yeah, um done no he was talking about like how uh elon musk actually put like a ton of money like early back in the day to like to stop the progress of ai stop he was, progress yeah you know he was like he's old dude you guys are oh. nuts like this shit and then like now you're seeing it now like we use AI at my work. Like I'm working with AI at my work. Like I work with AI all the time. You like, work with AI. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like everyone works with AI. It's like a simple algorithm that picks up and it just does the. It's like a. It's like a dumb. It's like a, you know, and not to say dumb, but like a factory line AI where it's like, okay, take the information, do this with it. It's not like a free thinking AI. AI. I know, I know. It's, well, it's like a, you know, whatever. It's not like a. It's, <laughs> AI, it's a scientist versus like, like, this. Like I know, I know. Sorry, sorry, Alexa. Fast. Dude, yeah, I, I love you. <laughs> you better completely apologize to AI. I know. Right now. No, it's like AI art. People are using AI art. I know. It's, 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 it's crazy. Some of that stuff is insane, though. It's They'll crazy. just type in some things, and I'm just like, you could be like, uh, Joel, because now you're because your name's on the internet, Joel. You could There's be like, music playing from Joel music Horner thing. sucking a banana. Oh, while, yeah. while like sniffing a sandal. And then it'll be like, do that Mashiga one, that Mashiga uh, a YouTube thing that's like playing 24 hours a day. It's a live AI Mashiga uh, building engine, and yeah. it's just playing music right now. Like, Good, man. it's like if you just search that, it's like, and it's like actually pretty fucking like crazy riffs. You're like, what the fuck? Yeah. Or like, it's got like a certain genre of music. It'll take all the genres of music and just play or mix them together, like, and just make them sound great. I have no idea what's going on. I'm like, fuck, god damn it. It's just like people, kids are just listening to that to go and like recording it probably like oh it's ai so it's not it's free now so i could just take that and then that's my riff now you know what i mean that's gonna yeah. be the the future of things yeah unfortunately yeah getting us more and more acquainted with machines and more and more acquainted with with ai that's that's some that's begrudgingly what the future looked like uh sort of dystopian to me but then again i mean Really, still at this point, I think only 63% of the global population actually have access to the internet. So, I mean... Whoa, it's that low? I thought it would have been higher than that. America's like probably 99.9999. Yeah, but I think as far as like global population, I still think only 63% actually have access to the internet. I could be wrong. Whatever. I just that's just a statistic I read. Recently. It might be like full access because you have like China and you have like yeah. you know, North Korea that are like no, you can't go to the, yeah. you know you can't go to this place at all. Like you're you know you're stuck to what we want you to see. Yeah. So if so if you know if these megalomaniacs you know the people who want a technocracy, if they're you know they they may be rushing to to create their vision of utopia. But still, at the same time, not the whole world is even available to be a part of that right now. <laughs> so they, like I said, it's it's kind of time to like ease up on on all on all that. Have you guys I heard agree. of the, the band Captured by Robots? Uh, no, I never heard. 
Well, it's programmed by that's not that's that's if you have not intelligence, it's not artificial though. No, 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 I know, but if (laughs) everybody who listens to this podcast should know about captured by robots, and you should go. I've talked to the dude, we want to get him on, he's awesome, but basically, it's a whole bit. He's actually programmed programmed them to play like all the parts, and it's like super sick. Oh, they're 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 physically playing, yeah, but the whole thing is they're all about like you know, like like killing humans or like your your time is ending like yeah, whatever yeah. it is like we're coming for you like or, or no i mean he's, he's like the like the lead singer's <laughs> captured you know by the robots and he's like has to sing like i'm like dude it's so good that's funny shit that's oh, rad yeah. that's rad i love them so much dude yeah it's yeah, yeah. Like, shit's getting oh, crazy man everyone it's, uh, should follow them it's yeah. like you said it's it's, it's um, exponential yeah. it's like we're it's like yeah music is just going to be like uh you have to have a chill it's like a gonna be like a how dog a dog whistle you know it's gonna be like something we can't even hear with our it's like oh you want to hear our music well it's in this frequency that's this this and this it's gonna yeah. get like to that you know i'm like probably after we're dead but it'll get yeah. something like that where it's like you have to have our special headphones to listen to our music and we'll we'll get the, those frequencies yeah, down dude. and play you a song or something like i mean still i think you know at, at this point our ears and our, our our audio nerves i don't even think there's they're even used to or well adjusted to you know the regular noise of like traffic yeah, yeah so it's like the constant noise of a tv or or loud music or whatever i think still we're not even like fully adapted to to handling all that like a relentless constant noise you yeah. know oh definitely it's like i said man you know fucking we're 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 just you know we're maladapting to 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 this to the to the modern culture and you know time structures clock time schedules you know uh all that shit is just you know it domesticates us it just yeah keeps us docile it keeps us you know in this structured pattern where we should be like nature chaotic we should be just these sensual beings that are just you know i agree i agree but if there if there wasn't so many beings then maybe that's, that's the only thing it's like you have to like come up with like a, a way to keep a yeah. lot of the, the beings like to like not like fucking be just madness because there's so yeah. there's seven billion so it's like all right we well now we have to come up with structure we can't go back this second and be like, we can't be like, all right, starting tomorrow, we're going to be hunter gatherers again. You, yeah. We can't do that with, with the amount of people that are, you know, existing on the planet. But I think, yeah, like I said, there are lessons that we have kind of forgotten yeah. uh, from our forebears that we should kind of like practice more. And it, it, just like I mentioned, when it comes to like our elders, you know, that's just one, yeah, yeah. one part of it, you know, like, especially here, like in, in, in the U.S., you know, the elderly is kind of like forgotten about in a lot of cases or like just put out like fucking yesterday's trash. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, rather, yeah, yeah. Rather than being like the repositories of knowledge that, that we used to take advantage of back then and everything. It's just one you know, you know uh, not, I'm just, I'm drinking now, so you have to listen to my bullshit. But uh, I listened to a, a story real quick. I mean, that's going to be like a crazy one, but it was a story about this dude that like in the, it was in the 1990s 1995 this guy that like created he was like they called him mad mike or so, i have no idea but they, he like created this uh 
and I wouldn't like I heard the story and I went and like watched a bunch of other like stories on him. He was like, I'm going to create a time machine. He's like, I'm doing the time machine. But the thing that's fucked up is like he was telling everyone he was like, I'm going to like take my cell phone with me and I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to win the lottery numbers. That's, a, that's what he, he wanted to win the lottery numbers. It's like all he wanted to do. But he was like super smart and crazy and had this huge <laughs> lab. And he like took down the whole city of Baltimore or something like that with, with the power grid. Took it down with like his like experiments and stuff, but like he just disappeared in in 1997. And then this article appeared of this guy that looks like he was like in a capsule, time capsule, and it looks exactly like him with a fucking electronic thing in his hand. And his whole thing's gone. No, and I was like, and I was like, what the fuck? And I was like looking it up as a 1930s article um, on this guy that showed he washed up on shore in this like tube, and like he had like a, a piece of electronics in his hand. And he looked, he had like the long red hair, the same. And I was like, no, that's not, I was, you know, my immediate brain's like, fuck you. I'm going to go watch more videos. <laughs> and yeah. I watched it and I was like, whoa, dude. Like maybe he just found it and they were just like, I don't know. I had what, a, I'm on to know where he got this information. I'll, uh, he was on, you know, I'll send you all of it. I don't want to say the, the show he was on a bunch, but it was coast to coast. But uh, uh, it was actually, like in the 90s, though. The 90s, I'm though. not with the coast coast shit, dude. Come on, yeah. I don't want to like discredit it by saying, like, <laughs> no, I know people, th- but my whole thing is, is I, I, I like listening to Terrence McKenna a lot, and he's been on that show multiple times. It, it, it is, it's a weird thing to for somebody to have like an alternate uh explanation for certain things, like time machines and all that shit could probably i i'm i'm saying that if if infinity's if infinity's possible the possibility of a time machine is in there somewhere mm-hmm. yeah yeah and can a human brain get to what it what it takes to actually pull it off i don't know his right. name was mike mike markham but what's M-A-R-C-U-M. crazy about infinity is that if infinity is real We've had this conversation an infinite amount of times, and we've had it in variations to where I'm not smoking a joint. I'm smoking a blunt, but everything else is the same. Or I have an extra pause. Like the multiverse. After what I just said. You know, there is a a poem in in my new book that is, you know, that, that is centered around that theme where I'm describing this version of me in a in a parallel universe. And, you know, basically telling like his story and how, you know, where I'm envious of him in some ways and vice versa, this and that. Yeah, that the the whole like multiverse theory and the infinite universe theory, it's just trippy, man. It's fucking it's It's trippy to me, but I feel like it takes like the same like concept you're talking about, like with agriculture and exponential thing. Like people take an equation or something like, well, there could be a reality where like everything's exactly the same. But instead of on Monday morning at five thirty, that you took a left step instead of a right step, but yeah. everything's exactly. I don't believe that. That's like too gnarly. That's like no, that's taking not it, let's take it. If, that's if infinity it to like, is real, that is totally true. Oh, if infinity is real, but that's like that's like that's that's crazy. So there's also an infinity where Cali Death Podcast is uh, hosted by Casey mainly, and I'm Joel. No, yeah. there's a Cali Death podcast where like, the C, or like the it's like misspelled a certain way, like every like time, like right every, <laughs> you know what I mean. What's like, going on here? <laughs> we've yeah. taken too many psychedelics, so, not right now, but just in general. No, but the whole thing is, is like 
there are smarter people that can conceptualize what we're talking about. So they pass it down to the dumb stoners and then the dumb stoners get on a podcast and we get yeah. weird with it. That's what it is. That still shows that our brains have <laughs> the capability of still coming up with some kind of possibility. And just to let you guys know, every single thing that's happening right now, this desk, this computer, this microphone, this was all an idea before it became a reality. Okay. So it was conjured in the human brain first. Beforehand. Oh, God. So if we sure. can was, actually Jesus think of infinity, that. then infinity is real, guys. It's already been thought. <coughs> so are aliens, you know. So so is Dracula. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the I mean, werewolf. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Bigfoot. Yo, definitely Bigfoot. I mean, that's me, dude. But anyways. <laughs> Joel, Joel's like, I have an extra... Your Loch Ness Monster was this guy doing this, this in the fucking pond, and they just like made like a saw... million billion dollars off this going in the pond. If you saw me naked and saw how little of my body is not covered in hair... I you... thought you were going to say something different. What, were you, what did you think I was going to say? Let's Girl, if you saw me naked and saw how little my... My no, dick is, then you would understand that I'm like a gorilla who lives in a nest. I don't need big dick. I just got tons of chicks, dude. Harry and the Hendersons. Yeah. <laughs> no, but really, it's like I, I I came from something much hairier back in my lineage, dude, because it's all over the place over here. Me guys. too. Hell yeah. It literally, yeah, I used to make fun of Joel because his neck hair connects with his, his beard hair. My neck hair? If I, oh. I remember seeing like if you let your neck grow out, I thought oh, yeah, if I, I let grow up for months, yeah, I get like, like a mullet, like a, like a like a turtleneck. Oh yeah, no, I mean I'm full of hair. On my arm, you definitely won't be able to see it, but from time to time, I can grow this one single white long hair that I can pull out to like out to here. Whoa, dude. Like, oh no, me too. I'm, it's been happened on my body before, where I've been like in the shower and stuff, and I'm I have a hair like this long. Yeah, I'm just like, what the fuck? And it pops out. I've read about it. Like, they'll pop yeah. out in like three days. Yeah. They'll just it's like, weird. yeah, they'll be gone. This is the right. deepest weeds we've ever been in, though. This is the hairs. My old band through the discipline. We were doing a Canadian tour, and we were eating pizza at, at this you know pizzeria somewhere. And we're sitting there, and my guitar player sitting across from me, and he reaches over onto my arm, and he pulls that one hair out, and and he held it in his hand he's like wait what is this I, I was like yo that's my hair he's like i thought it was a piece of like cheese from the pizza he's got a mozzarella hair <laughs> yeah yeah yo yeah. This, this has been the most this has been the the, the illest podcast i think this is the best episode you guys have done so oh what up <laughs> yeah i'm down this red <laughs> I was like tired as fuck when I came on here, and then we just like sparked one thing, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I have, I don't have oh, good yeah. reading comprehension," and it just went, <laughs> went like. From there. <laughs> I think that really is the first thing you said too. Yeah, yeah. I don't really have reading yeah. comprehension. <laughs> reading comprehension to to where we're at right now, talking about body hair. I mean, where? Yeah. That's what's a up, couple dude. weeks ago it was definitely about bidets and cleaning my butt. For oh, like that's right. That's, yeah. that's what the, but that's what these things are supposed to be, guys. We're hanging out, dude. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> Shout out to the chat, by the way. I see all you guys in there. Uh, I saw Murray, Pit Sharks up in there. Saw my brother and my sister in law in there for a little bit. They were talking me shit. About the... Vincent always fucking brings yes. up football or some shit. Um, but yeah, oh, a great distraction. Ian's up in there. I saw Ian. Yeah. What I mean, up, y'all? 
this is what worry. it's all about, though. I mean, if, w- Michael, if we yeah. if we were backstage at a show right now, would this conversation have been any different? It would have I, not been. I, dude, I, I have the habit of turning conversations and Ian. With, with anybody I feel comfortable talking with. It's like, you ever see that movie, My Dinner with Andre? My Dinner with Andre. It's like, like from 1981. The whole movie is just these two dudes having a dinner conversation. And it's like the deepest, most out there type of dialogue and shit. I love that. It's with, yo, it's with that bald guy from fucking The Princess Bride and Clueless. That little fucking oh, shit. That is. Yeah. It's incompatible or whatever. Inconceivable, yeah. yeah. It's him and this other dude, Andre Gregory, and they're just the whole movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I find that when I feel comfortable with somebody and I'm talking with them, my conversations somehow always end up this way. That's what Where I don't want what what do I what am I gonna talk about? Like, I don't want to talk about, you know, the current gossip and pop culture. I don't want to talk about, you know politics you know it's not my shit i want to talk about arm hair man i want to talk about <laughs> multiverse i want to talk about our hunter gatherers yeah and dude how we're well, living incorrectly that's what i want to talk about totally well, arm hair was the best the, fucking yeah. well you came to the right place couldn't have said right. it better myself dude that was yeah. amazing that was good. yeah man all right so you're in elementary school and you first heard queen <laughs> yeah so uh <laughs> so what's the first time you heard? yeah well, yo, fucking, I, I, I gotta give props to my, to my, my older sister. I have two older siblings. My yeah. older sister, you know, she has an eclectic musical taste. So I was exposed, you know, to all this different type of shit, mainly through her. Like in the beginning, you know, she was listening. She was listening to freaking, you know, uh, House of Pain, and then she'll be listening to Enya, and then she'll be listening to Metallica and Guns N' Roses. You know, that was and heart or whatever. Oh yeah. And I was exposed to that. I soaked all that shit in. Hell yeah. Where I got like, you know, my my background as far as music goes. Um and then we were talking about Queen. And then yeah, I, you know, my first band, like my first serious band was called Through the Discipline. We started in 97. And uh we we had like a 10-year run. We Ooh. did a couple, we did we did a handful of tours and shit. Um, and that's, and, and there was a, while I was in that band is when I actually like first met the dudes and dehumanized mainly Rich and George. And, um, when they reunited that first time, my, my good friend, my brother, John Collette was singing for them. And I started to just come down to their practices and their jams and just hanging out with everybody. I would even do like backing vocals at their practices at some shows also like I played with dehumanize with my old band we played together so like I already had that relationship with with George and Rich and then when dehumanize broke up again and my original band broke up George and Maddie Bones rest in peace they wanted to bring back 420 and you know they tapped me to do vocals and we got together and and changed the band name to between two evils and george was like yo you can write about whatever you want lyrically take it wherever you want to go you can be fucking it can be stupid shit it can be heavy shit whatever so i was like all right you're gonna you want to give me that freedom 
And so I came up with these like ridiculous song themes and topics for that band, like, you know, the resurrection of Michael Jackson and shit like that. <laughs> okay, and I wrote about I wrote about Pee Wee Herman's origin story, like how he became <laughs> how he became Pee Wee Herman. That one of our songs, one of our songs was called The Basement of the Alamo. And it was basically the origin story of Pee Wee Herman. Wow. And, you know, we, and we and it was grind, you know, it was grindcore. And, it was like a Pee Wee Pee Wee Herman yeah. Cali Death podcast. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, shout then, out to Pee Wee for sure. Yeah. <laughs> no, not shout I'm out. Talking, I mean, no, no, it's fine. No, fuck, he just yeah. masturbated dude, in the Paul theater. Paul was like, a fucking classic. Had sex well, in a theater. So why, dude? He fucking fucked <laughs> shout up. Shout out to Joel Horton. Okay? He fucked up. He's still a fucking <laughs> he didn't great. Fucked artist, up that dude. bad though. Sorry, he's masturbating either, in a porn theater. Sorry, it's I don't know. What are you doing there? We've you, all you, done that. Come yeah, we've all done that. Come on. That never. I mean, I, I mean I've gone yeah. to you go to a booth. Like, you go to usually a booth. Is it Des Moines like area? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's the old days, man. That's he was feeling a little That's free, weird. you know. But he was weird. too popular to do that. You don't like if, if like if uh, it wasn't like, such a child, like more point, like the show was more pointed towards children. Yeah, yeah, that's know? weird. But yeah, if yeah. you look back on it, there's actually yeah. some like very adult themes in that show too. Yeah. But, it's a character that he was doing at the Groundlings, right? Was he a Groundling? He was a improv uh, actor dude, that was the big top Pee-wee. So good that movie, or like oh the, hell like, yeah, the movie where he he gets his bike stolen. Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Because, yeah, oh, Pee-wee's yeah, Big yeah. Adventure. Yeah, the big dude, top. Dude, Danny Elfman. No, no, Danny Elfman did the music and stuff. Yeah. And, is it Tim Burton? Is it Pee- Pee-wee's Tim like Burton a wacky movie, dude? Come he's on, like a, he's like a high pitch so wacky good. version of Ernest. Kind yeah. of in a way, you know what I mean? Like yeah. he's got like an earnest vibe, like earnest Pee-wee. Those were different <laughs> spectrums, like of just like like the west yeah. side of the country and the and the you know the fucking east side of the country. Yeah, yeah, or south southern. Anyway, I used right. to watch. I used to watch Ernest goes to jail every Ernest, every day when I was young. At at one point for like months, I watched that movie every single day. I was obsessed. With Ernest goes to jail. <laughs> have, you see, have you guys all seen Ernest Scared Stupid? Hell yeah! Oh yeah! Controls. It's that but, time of year right now. Oh uh, yeah! <laughs> Ernest goes to jail is great though. With like the he shoots the beams and they like they can't electrocute him and he comes back as like, like, <laughs> voice dude that that fucking like. 40 yeah. year like two packs a day smoker voice like, uh, it's like yeah. it's like endearing to me but I, now when i hear it as an adult yeah, i'm like yeah you need to i'm trying to think of it. i can't <laughs> what it's like that time yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, there was oh, the dude. old hey Vern videos like hey Vern, you know hey, Vern. You do things. Oh, i remember as a kid like my dad would like show me those and like there was like this one that kind of would freak me out as a kid where he's like covered in like tape and he's all like Rah. Like all crazy, and I was like, "What the fuck?" And I was like five or something. His face is already like one of those stretchy faces, you know. Like so, yeah, like to yeah. see it in tape, it's like fucks everything up. Classic man, classic. Yeah, but this all started. We got sidetracked on it because I was I was defending Pee Wee, dude. Fuck, who cares if he fucking jerked off in the theater? Dude? I was defending him too. We're not he, saying we don't care. He's a great, we just he, only acknowledge it, and you know that's the thing. But you know, but I, he he was like the first not not to bring up but, like any kind of. It's funny how we're going off so hard on Pee Wee when we just fucking talked about Michael Jackson right before that. That's a whole. Yeah, Michael Jackson thing, probably dude. deserves a lot more. But Pee Wee was thing. like <laughs> Pee Wee was like like the first canceled guy for like not that you know yeah, yeah. first canceled guy ever, right? Was, 
He canceled. In history, come on, dude. In history, in like in like pop culture. What about all the dudes that have been beheaded through antiquity? Oh, I said pop culture, American history. I think Pee Wee's. If you're beheaded, you're way more canceled than who was beheading him. Like fucking after. I don't know. It wasn't very. It wasn't very harsh. I don't know. Well, canceling, canceling is like the modern version of beheading. You're socially beheading. Yeah, that's it. That's what it is. Or, like, you know, you're starving your enemy, basically, you know, by taking away. Oh, yeah. Or I guess, no, I, I would compare it more to that that uh, thing where you get your arms, you're, you're stripped then, naked, then you get your arms and your head put through, and then you just have to sit yep. there in the middle of... And get tomatoes thrown at you. And get whatever happens to you, because that's really what they're trying to... But everybody who gets canceled actually well, I think, gets I think bigger it's... after it, dude. What are we talking well, about? I, think I mean... I mean, not everyone. But if you did a bad thing, you got I mean, obviously, like if you, you know, like R. Kelly and those guys that did the bad thing, they got. I guess I'm just talking about pop culture. Michael Jackson. Hey, man, I was a huge fan, but dude, bro, probably not so chill. It's kind of bad, dude. I don't know, bro. Yeah, the evidence doesn't look very good. But I know there's like other counter documentaries, whatever. But like, it doesn't look look very good. Doesn't look very good. You know, like as a logical human being, I'm like watching it and just like reading their faces. I'm like, uh, I feel like the maid knows more than. Than everyone else, <laughs> person has no money to gain. It's crazy, but, you know. It's but. crazy, you know. When when you when you think about it, a lot of these like larger than life celebrities or musicians or whatever, a lot of them have these like epic fall from graces and totally. Mm-hmm. You think what the what the, a lot of child ones too when they're when they're children they start famous and they have to go into the fucking real world. You right, know? they all most of them don't come out fucking. No, clear-headed dude. They're pretty fucked up. Yeah, man. It's it's it's. What do you think about what do you think about the the fact that when your head gets dis uh, connected from your body, you could still blink like a few times? I heard it's like it's like up to minutes or like an hour or something. Imagine that. Imagine that, dude. I mean, you can't you can't see probably because you know like you have lose blood flow. Like, but what check this though? Like, so you would only have the the pain from your neck still though because i'm saying pain receptors would still nothing from your body would would register because you're disconnected well well i mean we do have what you know what, what do they call it phantom limb what's oh, that? yeah yeah you're right. where yeah if you're missing let's say you're missing a hand or something sometimes you can still feel like you know then maybe there's an itch on your finger yep yeah that's so true maybe, maybe they can still feel some pain also but like being beheaded your your spinal cords getting detached too so what does that mean too like what would your perception of the last 17 seconds of reality really compute no you're probably going to be in a state of shock and your physical movement of your face and eyes is just involuntarily involuntary at that point yeah totally yeah dude or maybe you just have that. Or maybe you just have that one split, minuscule moment of like euphoria before everything turns to like shit. That'd be pretty rad. That is true. Like chickens still run with no head. They there still have go. like the, like the muscle thing, like memory or something. Must be some sort of memory stored, like a like RAM in a computer, like some sort of random I mean, access. It would memory. be traumatic as fuck, dude. But if you watch a beheading, I'm sure the body does some weird twitching movements after it's yeah. been disconnected before. Let's it's watch happened. one. I'll share the screen. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Cue it up. Cue it up. Cue it up. <laughs> Jamie, hey Jamie, can you put one on? Yeah, Jamie. 
<laughs> but yeah dude i mean that uh, all that could i mean that's all gnarly shit but that could be metaphors for other things that you know what we were just saying the social aspect of living but dude we're getting into the weeds again we said peewee and we fucking ran <laughs> we like we love fucking frolicking through the cornfields right now guys i should have i should have warned you guys that i might you know take us on a tangent i might yeah. <laughs> i love it it's fun for me. I have a moment of a great time. I love this shit. Yeah, dude. Uh, it's really like oh. I said, man. It's all about stimulating the brain, man. Stimulating the mind. Let's have these unconventional conversations, please, please. Because you know, I'm sick of the small talk. I'm sick of the daily, like you know, how's the weather and shit like that. This has never really been a traditional interview style show, though. I mean, we say I'm, the... I'm not saying you guys are. I'm yeah. saying. Everyday life, you know, when when we're on our errands or at our day jobs. Oh no, I, I've I've literally uh, seen. I told Shane and Naveen this. I saw them at a grocery store once when they were living around here, uh, and I was like, I avoided you guys because I didn't want to do the small talk. <laughs> I was like, I didn't want to be like, Hey, how's it going? Good. Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. We should hang out soon. Cool. Later. I was like, just I get in these modes where I'm like, I don't. I only want like like prolific information. Like I don't want like the small like. I'll have to go into this mode again where my brain goes like, hello, how are you? Great. How are you? Oh, great. Oh, he's that old now? Cool. Yeah. It's like, I didn't want to, I just didn't want to do it. I told, I can hear them talking and I was just like hiding from him. It's like, like, it's like I didn't want to do, I, I didn't want to deal with it. I just didn't want to, I was like in a bad mood or something and I just but didn't want to Isn't that go that. against us? That's isolation. We're talking about isolation and, and coming together. That's not coming together that's isolation yeah whatever i don't but, want to talk to people sometimes it's fine but but at the same <laughs> time it's i think the boring small talk conversation is a byproduct of our mundane existence our monotonous domesticated existence yeah yeah we're in that routine yeah you go into a mode it goes into like a, a, a like snap of the fingers and or I'm you like, could be somebody oh, who genuinely genuinely wants to know I, how but another i'm person. not always <laughs> like that though i'm not always like that i'm not i'm not saying i'm doing that all the no, time no i'm not so, i'm not pointing just, it at you i'm just saying i'm, I'm why being are you calling devil, me out because yeah i'm being devil's advocate <laughs> to what you were saying because yeah, yeah, yeah. i no, for you sure. know if somebody i i'm i'm the type of person that most of the time if somebody wants to divulge personal information on me in small talk conversations or whatever i'd I, I at least act like I genuinely care because they need to talk to somebody about that at that time. Yeah, if, yeah. If, it could be just like, how are you? Good, good. How are you? Okay, I'm going to go get my I'm, green There's beans. some of my favorite people in the world. And I was like, and it was an, a mood where I was like, I just don't want to do the thing. Like, I don't want to do the, I don't want to do the, the dance that like humans have to do when they run into each other in the, like the, the store. Yeah. And I, I told them like the next day, I was like, sorry guys, I like avoided you guys. <laughs> I was like in the antisocial mood. And I just didn't want to do the thing, you know? And they were like, oh, dude, us too. Like, we, we totally get it. They were like, totally adorable about it. But I was like, sometimes I don't like to go. And like, the downside of living in a small town is that like, I'll go do the smallest thing. And I'm like, after like a day of work, and I'm just done. Like, I'm done talking. I'm done doing all the things. And you just see a person, you're like, oh, that's a person like, I've known for 28 years. And like, we have like, Nine thousand stories to talk. I'm like, I don't want to do that right now. I just, you know, <laughs> like I, it's like a. I don't know why I'm going into that. Maybe it's alcohol. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> so how do we wait? So you, you just let him go, mind? and then he fucking. He, he's like, oh, I just shit. let him. I, I I hear them, and I let them walk by, and then I turn my back so they don't see my face, and I just go and I get my chores done. You know what I mean? Like I yeah. need to get my things done, 
And so I just don't want to do the talking. Yeah, and I, and yeah. I definitely have been in that. And Pacifica, situation. every time I talk to you on the phone, you're at the grocery store or whenever like we've talked. It's to like, be honest, oh, hey Frank, what's going on? I, oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, but, dude, it's constantly with you guys. You guys are like it the is worst. Actually, with that. pretty bad. But actually, <laughs> uh, you know what's funny is I was gonna be like, it hasn't been like that lately. Well, because I don't fucking go to the store anymore. I fucking <laughs> order shit and it gets sent to my house, dude. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> See, yeah, that's, that's the downside of what he's of talking time, about too. Most of the time when i run into an old friend it's somebody that i would want to talk to for five minutes or so i'm just being a nice guy mm-hmm. but on, after man. like a 12 hour day of work and like shit, i don't know sometimes it's just there not... actually has been a time where i did genuinely see somebody that i hadn't seen in years he was a really good friend but i actually was in a rush and i had to fucking be that guy that was hey what's up dude okay later i gotta go sorry and and I felt I still feel bad about that till this day because I have not talked to him again since then. So now I, I but that's just ego and all that other shit because it's like a good social technique though because I don't think they want to stop too. It's like it's too. No, he was genuinely wanting to stop and chat because well, we sometimes you run, you like the high school guy that you're crossing carts with at Safeway. Like sometimes or H E B or whatever you guys. He was have like, across. he was preschool uh, Boy Scout troop type friend. Like we yeah, were, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. it's like an old school one. Where yeah, you're like, Fuck. yeah. Dude, yeah I feel forever. like I was like that was one that I should have stopped. And well, and... there's a way to do it. There's a way to be like, how's it going? Oh fuck yeah, hell yeah. Like there's like, hope you're doing well. Like start like doing the things, and then you just take off, and then they're stoked, and I'm stoked, and we're all stoked. Like you're like, you give them like a nice, you're like fuck yeah, dude. It's fucking great to see you. Appreciate seeing you. Blah blah. Good to see, hope oh, everything's I good. What it was too, because yeah. I was literally running through that fucking store. Like, yeah, I, I just don't to, ask open-ended questions. Like, what's been going on lately? Like, <laughs> yeah. You know, then you're good. Like, that's like it could open up like a Pandora's box. That's what I'm saying. Like, it could have been five uh, minutes at the grocery it, store. Like, shit. yeah, that's what it was, <laughs> dude. It was, yeah. it was definitely. I was gonna have to talk to him for a long time, and it was one of those in the moment things. Like, oh shit, gotta I gotta sidestep that one, dude. Oh, totally. I still feel bad about it, though. What? We'll hit him up on fucking whatever. Just ask Alexa to talk to him, and it'll just reach out to him, and then you're all good. <laughs> <laughs> just to to rewind what you were saying, Joel. What was yeah. you know sort of causing you to be antisocial in this one hypothetical situation? You mentioned, oh, I'm coming off a twelve hour day, and therefore when i come across these people like i don't have the energy left or the time and and what that says to me is like that 12 hour day is fucking worth it i'm just kidding i'm kidding (laughs) (laughs) go go for it i'm just kidding go for it at 12 you know the the idea of a 12 hour or eight hour day you know that just that 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 block of time that is just taken away and it's just designated for the world else uh, i know where you're going with this it's caught yeah it's 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 where whereas when we were a traditional society yeah. we yep. spent those hours working you know for the for the for the cause of acquiring our food and our necessities so we were sort of forced to collaborate within that time frame and actually in turn had more time for leisure we weren't too tired or fatigued to like yeah. to like suffer a conversation. Yep. You know, and it's oh, like definitely like I, you know, it gets back to what I was 
to what how I feel about you know modern culture and society. It's like these modes of you know labor, organized labor, and everything. It that really takes away a lot of you know motivation to be sociable because we're too fucking tired, man. We're too drained. Yep. We're too drained from the grind that, you know, a lot of times, yeah, we don't want to be bothered with, with small talk. Really, though, that's kind of what, like you said, that's really kind of what we actually need. We need Yeah, I, I think actually what you're saying, I think it's really important. Like, it's one of those, like, sleep is the most important thing that we do. Like, yes. and, and we're not focusing on sleep as enough. like, as the, yeah, enough, like, like getting enough rest and like. Mm -hmm. Being because those days where you wake up are like, oh, it's great. And those days are like fantasy land for me, but I get them every now and then. But they're like yeah. still like fantasy land where I'm like trying to be positive, or I don't have to like smoke weed or something to be like happy again. Or like I can just be like, I'm great on my own and everything, like everything's great. Yeah. And like yeah. I even notice like getting older that if I decide to eat late or something, if I decide to like do so, like have an ice cream like at fucking 9 p.m. or something. My whole day is fucking ruined. <laughs> like the I wake up feeling, yeah, yeah, I feel like yeah. I'm. I woke up. I feel like I was drinking whiskey the night before. You know what well, I mean? dude, if we were hunters in the hunter gatherer shit, there there was nothing. There was no, no ice sugar. cream, dude. There was no sugar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. We were, we were eating fruit. That was our dessert. Yeah. If anything, if us four right now, if shit just snapped into back to that right now. And we represented a small village. How small do you think? You, how do you think you would fucked. do? I'd You'd be, be fucked. fucked right now. Horrible. Yeah, dude. I'm like, thinking about it right now. I think I could fish for us. I would fish. Well, yeah, you're like get, a mechanic. Like you're, you're like an engineering kind of. Never hunted folk, an animal know? though. So me neither. But I've shot like bow and arrow and shit. But I'd have to make that first. Yeah. Yo. Know? It would be definitely be difficult at first. It'd definitely be a big time culture shock. Yeah. Especially because me, in particular, I've spent forty years living in New York City. Oh yeah, the total opposite lifestyle of you know living in the wild, living in nature. It's a different kind of wild. Here. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. a it's a different nature. It's a the different jungle there. Jungle, the concrete yeah. jungle. If you threw me, if you threw me in the jungle or in the woods and and just like with with nothing. And I needed to like you know fend for myself just based on what was around me. I would think yeah I would have a real difficult time at first. Fuck even, yeah, dude. Even to build a fire, I wouldn't know how to fucking build a fire. Yeah, yeah. And that's sort of like a basic primal skill that, right. that we all should know. You know. But the one skill, the one skill that I've learned though is like how to make friends with that guy that builds the fire. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, then that see that ties in with agriculture again. You know. See, if I if I had a knife, I could start a fire. But okay, well, we're all, we're all going That's to Anthony's insane. house. Then. Let's do it, yeah. If I had a knife, I could start a fire, but we would need that knife. We would have to invent the knife. Right. <laughs> you have to, yeah, you got to find, like, some flint or some shit. So you're saying we're losing all of our things that we have yeah, I'm like saying right now we just lose everything. It's all like yeah. I'm just my clothes, maybe maybe no, not my you clothes, like clothes. Nothing. We gotta, we gotta. It, it would snap back to that. We gotta fucking everything we get is from the immediate area around us. Yeah, but think how fun that would be. Think of the adventure. There would be a lot of uh, there would be a lot of stresses lifted for sure. Yeah. Other than protecting yourself, that is still something that would that would be escalated to <laughs> of course. level ten. 
but we wouldn't, we wouldn't have, you know, we wouldn't have. Hairs, dude. <laughs> I would, yeah, I would have enough. Comment. I would have enough hair on my body to start many fires for us, but we got to keep the fires going because I'm gonna have no hair eventually. I got a bunch yeah. of hair too, dude. We'll get together. That comment, <laughs> that comment right there is fucking hilarious. Burn the dude's arm hair. We'll be warm all week. Yeah. See, see, look, we're already collaborating. Yeah. We're already, you know, riffing on this. See, oh no, know, I love it. It'll come, you know, and um, but yeah, it's like. Think about it. You know, we won't have to worry anymore about bills, about, you know, renewing licenses, deadlines, you know, monthly payments on shit. It would just be in the moment. We would be living in the moment, you know, how, how it's supposed to be, man. Instead, you know, we have this this looming anxiety over us here where we got to keep track of all our, our expenses, keep track of our bills and everything, you know. Uh, but the, you know, but then again, you know, as hunter gatherers, we would now be worried about getting eaten by a by a jaguar, or yeah. stepping on on something and getting a cut that we have no antibiotics or anything, yeah. or 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 uh, poisonous plants and yeah, predators, all that shit, yeah. dude. It would be... all becomes that takes the protection level up to level ten, mm-hmm. but it, there's the aspect of current way of living in this society um out of the qu- it would be out it wouldn't be anything to worry about yeah you know i'm, and I'm gonna have to eventually buy a house again even though i just sold my house i gotta go buy another house so right. that that is now a new thought that is looming in my brain yeah. every single day um finding the right house for me and my family finding it in the area we want finding it at the price that it that would work with what we have and it's and it's just i don't feel sorry for you at all by the way or i could just go out to the <laughs> fucking jungle and yes. build a fucking uh tent out of wood and bill leave. robinson is someone we take with us yeah but he's still got a coleman you know that was that was uh put together in a factory what if money what if money doesn't matter anymore right then you got to build with your immediate area's resources you would take bill robinson with you (laughs) i would definitely take bill with for his uh uh um just his level of living and and being in it for so long yo i'm having deja vu i'm having deja vu right this second i just want to tell you dude that's what's up that's another trippy thing too dude right i've had deja vu I've had this conversation with you guys about Bill already. I know this is, this is, yeah, this is familiar. So isn't that crazy that that's another thing that we were talking about earlier with infinity. This conversation has already happened again. Oh, shut up with the infinity. Shit. What, what the fuck, dude? I just said it earlier. And then he's having a deja vu of the conversation that we're having. We met for the first time on this show right now. Yep. Okay, never talked to Michael before, but he's having a deja vu. So what the fuck is that, Joel? It's familiar. Step up, bro. I think it's fucking funny to say shit. You're like gonna that. laugh at me with the infinity shit, and then no, I thought it was funny. In. That was funny. And you look at you, like you went right into it. And yo, I mean, yo, objectively speaking, when you know you're looking for a new house or whatever, really, you know, all that is just based on like you know intersubjective beliefs on personal property and taxes and 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 you know land rights and everything when really literally nobody has rights to any land yeah 
it's it's all just fiction that we create in our own mind. This is intersubjective fictions that we all just abide by right. without even thinking about it. You yeah. pay enough money to say, okay, this is where I'm going to be for however long I can be. But really, as as soon as I'm gone, or you know, at least moved from that location, that's available again. You yeah, know? back to the bank. Now, yeah. to the bank. Totally, dude. And and that is the trip. That's that's the illusion that um, we've built into. You know, the reprogramming of humans in this society dude yeah man money money you know when you look at it too like money has now just become the middleman to acquire our necessities whereas in our traditional of our forebearers they provided themselves they were self-reliant to provide themselves with necessities they didn't need money as a middleman all right whatever you're right you're right i I, i'm down (laughs) with the agriculture thing now Minus like the you said that like the agriculture like revolution stuff and you're like in my brain immediately like went like all sad and empathetic was like what yeah. about like all the the people that are gonna die from like not eating but then it's like it's kind of like that's well, collateral damage oh, a little bit yeah, look. a little bit <laughs> look dude there was no such thing as famine until agriculture came along okay no there's still there's still threat of starvation on a mass scale now we're talking with agriculture so yes people did starve as hunter gatherers also but you know now we're, we're talking like i said on a massive scale yeah a famine that can just destroy economies you know you look at ireland uh, when when they had the potato famine potato, yeah. destroy complete economies and large populations because they put their full dependence on this one little structured mode of food production. And then also too, it took away a lot of, um, you know, the, the, the variety of our diets where you just grow this one particular food, you know, and we don't, we, we kind of don't get the same level of like nutrients, especially from processed foods, definitely not from processed foods. You know, uh, especially ones that come from, you know, far away places that get transported and and, <laughs> and put in, you know, and preservatives and all, and all that stuff. So, yeah, like I said, it all comes down. All this shit just comes down to like food production and how we acquire yeah. necessities. Isn't, isn't corn covering like the what, what, what song that like an Aussie song they cover or do they? <laughs> <laughs> no corn, corn yeah corn the band is is taking up most of the united states dude they are on, on a location yeah a, a locality level corn actually that would be a good com, uh comparison how many people know about corn versus how much corn is grown in the united states gmo corn because we're oh. talking about one you you were talking about one food that is you know uh capitalized on yeah. corn is one of those main things dude yeah. where it's crazy how much corn is grown in the united states and it's in 95 percent of the fucking everything grocery stores yeah. uh aisles you walk up and down those aisles 95 percent is corn consider yeah it's it's in the meat you know in 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 a way it's, yeah, in, it's used you know, to feed the 
cows it's yep. used to make the cereals it's used to where, where did the term corny come from like it's like too much like corny oh, that's, or, good question that's too uh corny. Oh, no. <laughs> like we don't like corn like you know. <laughs> but yeah high fructose so, corn syrup like that that was yeah. probably the biggest thing that came out of uh mm -hmm. gmo corn and capitalizing on uh a piece of agriculture yeah which that is definitely evil dude that's evil shit so i, I that's where i i side with the agriculture being uh somewhat of a uh down downwards uh downward spiral yeah yeah there's well, I Dude, but, I mean, that's a dude, good album. That's the whole thing. It's like we also okay. Here's the real thing, guys. Humans like to fuck, and yep. humans like to make other humans. And and if that's the case too, so Especially the population keep, keeps growing and growing and growing. And of course, I have three kids, so I'm fucking adding to it. But I'm saying that this is the real thing. Like that, there's something in our biology biology that that wants to continue. So yeah. as humans, we all have this same feeling of the genetics need to continue. Well, that's an, another exponential thing. Yeah, it's we all are programmed to make more of ourselves, and that is adding to the numbers of population and, and yeah. makes things harder in certain parts of the world. Uh, unfortunately, that, you know, I, this is me speaking from a, privileged aspect of growing up in the bay area of california where everything's fucking available as long as you got the money mm -hmm. and uh but there's that's not like that in plenty of other places on this rock that and that i'm trying to say that i'm going to buy a part of this the the crust yeah <laughs> you know yeah like private property the uh, the concept of private property it was born of of agriculture and you know, when you think about what goes into into agriculture, you know, it's a lot of monotonous, backbreaking labor. And once there were these cunning motherfuckers that were just like, I don't really want to do that. And they started to come up with ways to manipulate others to do it for them, whether it's they promised maybe they would provide protection for them or they would, you know, give them luxuries of some kind but really you know they were pretty much saying you know what i don't want to work for my food let someone else fucking do the monotonous backbreaking labor and then from there that simple like that whoever was the first cunning motherfucker that like thought like that and executed that it just extrapolated more and more to what we have today where mm -hmm. yeah you have, you have the people at the top who want the people down below to do all the work to keep them comfortable, keep them fed. And really, when you think about it, you know, money, what is money really? When we think about it mentally, it's kind of like money sort of like is a is like it's a guarantee of necessities. You know, like the more money you have, it creates this idea in your head that you have more of a safety cushion that your necessities are going to be met. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know we're attracted to that, you know, just naturally because we want to make sure that we survive. So we're sort of like drawn to wanting money because it literally equates to being able to eat and being able to have shelter, being able to drink, 
clean water. That's why I was talking about like money being the middleman, like, you know, whereas before agriculture, money wasn't anything. It was just used for trades and like to keep track of fucking, you know, favors and debt, you know. Well, no, money replaced essentially like keeping track of favors and debts. Whereas, you know, it used to be the bartering system where I, I grow apples. So I'll give you an apple and you make me a pair of shoes, you know, and instead of like trying to find equal value in both those like outputs, we made money to sort of act as, you know, the, more of a clear way to determine value on, on our output, you know, but then again, but like, I, I already look at that as being too complicated. Like, yo, yeah. get it right. You wake up when you you wake up when you want to, or when your body feels it needs to, instead of an alarm clock, totally unnatural. You wake up, you grab your tribe, you head to the fucking into the jungle, whatever, and you hunt for the day. When it starts getting dark out, whether you had a successful hunt or not, you gotta head back to camp and you just chill. You know, it's simple and that's it. And that's that's all that's all we need. And we just fucking we chose the path of least resistance by, you know, you know, we were we were seduced by the abundance of agriculture. And in turn, it turned us into these these just machines. (laughs) Yeah, I I I get all that and I, I definitely agree with a lot of it. There's this part of me that's thinking right now of the reason why we would want to uh, eliminate all these other stresses that we talk about that. Um, and I think that it is like the, the love of existing, you know, like being with people and loving the people around you. Um, it, you want more. Speaking more, of more love, of speaking of happy birthday. <laughs> No, for real though. I'm, let me let me finish this thought, which is, yeah. um, we 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 get the taste of the everything else outside of the the um, stresses of life. And what is it? It's spending time with the people that you love spending time with. Mm-hmm. And so it, it's this evolution of us trying to figure out how we can get more of that time. But somewhere it got twisted you know like if i make enough money to where i can get rid of all these other aspects of my life so i could spend more time with my family and friends Mm -hmm. but it's it you're there's so many um paths to that and not all of them are going to give you that that extra time because you end up working you know 12 hours a day or whatever You're like I, I I'm I'm making this money yeah, but... to to give the people that I love a better uh, life, but where am I in that situation? That that's my main thing, dude. Is like I want to be with my family more than anything. Like it, it for sure. Like the time that I have with my kids is so important to me, and the way that I act with my kids is so so important because the time is so precious mm-hmm. you know and, that's the biggest commodity and so with me knowing that that is my the way that i feel like i know that is why we moved into this let's get make 
the money to get other stresses out of the way so I could just focus on my family or focus on my friends. And but it still it 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 got crazy, dude. It got crazy to some point to where it's not it's 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 not beneficial as it used is beneficial as it used to be. No. And then with the phone thing too, that takes you know, like my oldest, you know supplementing the video games and the ipad and all that shit he he is his generation is more so into that digital style of uh, you know i went outside and scuffed my knees up and fucking yep, yep. fell on my bike and 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 got super stoked when i got a my first kick flip and play basketball with my brother outside my house for fucking hours dude you learn learn limitations that yeah totally dude and and well no it's 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 like a learned thing you're talking about like a learned like it's not like what you know your children wanted to do was fucking snap but like his his peers his friends have like the newest thing so like why don't I have that? And you that's know, like, what I constantly fight, dude. And Joel, yeah. you you know, like you've come to my parents' house when he was younger. Yeah. And we'd go outside and, and just fucking make up football plays, dude. Oh yeah. And where he it's where exciting. he'd always get the where he'd always be the one to get the touchdown or whatever. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. You know, and uh we do that shit for like at least an hour you know just spending a, an hour outside and and i'm not saying that he doesn't do this because i still but when you stop day, it it's like he's like bummed he's like what it's stopping like, i know and like and like remember when i was a kid like my parents would be like you have way too much energy it's crazy that like you want to keep going and because they're like you know hardworking people like supporting the family but they're like what's they have so much energy when you're younger it's crazy and i'm like i'm getting older like jesus dude we have like <laughs> 65 passes all right I'm, I'm actually at Dominic now. Dominic oh, yeah. loves throwing a football, dude. That's so, yeah. what's up, dude. Like, I mean, Trev, he plays video games, and I make sure that he gets outside when I'm when when I'm around. And uh, but with Dominic, he doesn't he doesn't fucking want to play video games. He doesn't want to watch the TV. He it's wants a kid that doesn't want to do. Dude. He doesn't want to be on the iPad ever. Just naturally doesn't want to. He wants to throw a ball, some kind of ball. He wants to throw it. Either if it's not with you, he wants to show you how far he can throw it. That's it. Yeah. And I'll just sit there and watch. He'll be like, "Dude, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna clear that." Those still exist. Those. And I'm like, and I'm like, dude, you sound like me at that age. Like, I'm gonna throw it over the tree. Like Uncle Rico, for it, dude. You have the iPad the size of like our bodies, though, to be like, whatever, dude. I'll just immerse myself (laughs) in the in the iPad world. You know what I mean? Like, no, it's gonna be like that's that's why trust me, that Dominic. Well, Dominic doesn't have it though, or he has it and he's not using it. This is the kind yeah. of the trip to me that like he's got all the virtual reality, whatever, all the things he wants to like maybe da- like dive into, but he's like, no, I want to go outside and do stuff. Then that's like, and and being in a family where you know other kids in the family are playing on the video games, and he's like, no, I would rather not. I'd rather go outside. That's kind of a trip, you know. He's gonna be the next Patrick Mahomes, totally, dude. And, and it- when Chiefs, Chiefs Super Bowl. <laughs> that's for vincent um no for real though he he, and and just we'll sit there for a half an hour and just throw a football back and forth and i'm i'm he's like how do you throw it like that because i'll throw a perfect spiral every fucking time yeah right (laughs) what's up are you a southpaw i am i'm jealous 
I'm yeah, joking. dude, I'm fully left. The only thing that I do right-handed is instruments because and everybody, that's a switch off. That's ambidextrous, <laughs> but <laughs> instruments playing guitar, playing drums, drums were always set up for a right-handed person. Guitars are always right-handed. So I, I naturally just learned to play uh, instruments right-handed, but every, every other thing that I do in my life, I kick left, I throw left. I write left. I'm jealous, man. I, I wink my left eye first. I wiggle my left ear first. <laughs> I hold the microphone with my left hand. And yeah. that, that was by design. Like I wanted to train myself to do that. Just but just because I think the I, I I think the aesthetic is better. And I can I can I can do since I'm also like half Italian too and I speak with my hands a lot, I would also sing with my hands a lot. And I felt like it was better to have my strong hand available to do all my little dumbass gestures and shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it wouldn't look as awkward or as frail. Yeah, left a left hand That's one would be kind of weird. That'd be kind of like yeah. you're doing the left hand, going like, oh, I'm like my hand, I can't throw a ball with. I'm yeah. now conducting the crowd with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just awkward. Yeah. Oh, you should see me throw right-handed, dude. I look fucking <laughs> lame, dude. I play hockey, lefty. That is oh, one. Nice. That That's interesting. Out. I don't know why, but yeah, hockey. I'm lefty. Everything I'm else. lefty in one one other thing that we can't talk about, but that's the only thing I'm lefty in, though. It's <laughs> weird. You just you just brought it up for me, and then now we can't talk about it for you. <laughs> yeah, I know you. You called me out. You're like except for jerking off or whatever you said. Like, I mean, Damn. I do. That's just what I, I'm right-handed. Like I I can't like my left-handed throw is just like it's like. <laughs> my right hand is all like fucking like dialed in and then i'm like dialed oh my in. wiener i'm like oh perfect Left hand, sorry. well yeah <laughs> you're, you're you're trying to act like somebody else is jerking you off that's what it now, is, we now we no, know no it's not I, my right hand is someone else jerking me off when it comes, it's weird yeah. it's a weird i know it's, it's weird saying, i know yeah it's, i've never finished with my right hand mine Jeff, I've never finished. All right. <laughs> now that you guys know yeah. right. what do you think, okay he finished like a, a football game a football game no, no, never either this one this is the one you're talking joel surgler uh, i'm surging way this is the, i didn't uh, eat dinner i didn't eat dinner this is the I've joel surge alert i've had way too much alcohol per volume it's all good though <laughs> yeah all right Let's, Let's get organized, maybe, or talk about some, you know, some safer stuff. No, no, dude, there's no unsafe. I'm, I'm just saying we want to talk about your journey, 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 dude. Your yeah. journey. We're two hours journey. in. We do want to know about like Let's get into that journey. I need to find. Well, you know, joining dehumanized about, and tell us about. Yeah, your, I want to know about that time with. Yeah, like all the all tour all stories. We love all that shit. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. So like. Coming up, you know, um, with the in the New York death metal scene and everything, really dehumanized was my favorite. They and they still are my favorite band out of you know, with all due respect, the suffocation, mortician, um, you know, internal bleeding, pyrexia, you know, um, immolation. Really, like for me personally, dehumanized was my favorite out of all of them, and mainly because I like, put them up there with all those names that you just mentioned. Yeah. And then you, oh, yeah. and then you had like that weird kid in the corner playing by himself, smashing his truck into the wall, named Malignancy. Yeah, that was last week. Uh, shout yeah. out. And I and I mean and I say that with all the love, because they were you know they're they're my brothers. I, I love Malignancy, and 
Um, but yeah, Dehumanized was my favorite, man. And then when 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 they came back around that second time, and they were and John Collette wasn't available to sing for them, um, it was it was like double the pleasure for me to to take on that that role because a I'm a fan, and and b now I get to write for them, and and you know bring what I can bring to the table, and really. Mm-hmm. Dehumanized was my first death metal band. Really, in all the bands I had been to prior, I was more of like a, a thrash, hardcore type of singer, mid-range, high yells. I would pepper in some death metal growls here and there, but like Dehumanized was my first just straight, strict, guttural death metal band. Um, and yeah, when we when we when we got together we were clear on the goals from the beginning. Like George was like, yo, priority number one, let's finally fucking put out a new album because, you know, prophecies foretold was 1998. And, and, you know, this right. is, this is 2011. Like, yo, it's about fucking time to humanize yeah. that a new album. And we were all, we were all aboard. Like, let's, let's finally fucking do this shit. And really like control delete is, you know, maybe my proudest uh, achievement as a as a musician, as far as like you know, uh, a creation goes. Uh, everything just clicked when in the writing process of Control Delete, the recording process, everything clicked, and the, and like the momentum was there. We had like we had such a great vibe putting that album together. And it was so much fucking fun. It was so it was so so exciting at that time too, and and then when we released it, the reaction that it got was just like even more like invigorating, you know. And, and yeah, like people, you know, people really took to it. People really dug it, and like the sound production was just like you know, Rich was playing, you know, through his valve state you know, the classic Marshall valve state he recorded yep. with that and got that like traditional fucking like Chuck Schuldner guitar sound and shit. It was just that like pre that pre agricultural kind of sound. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, told- no, I, I, I was going to, I was just, I was waiting for you to just get to a point where I could say that that is a fuck. I mean, all the whole discography is great. I, I, uh, started with prophecies because I bought it, you know, two hour, two hours. Fuck, man, this alcohol. <laughs> you know, we, yeah, two does. years after it came out, that two or th- three years after it came out was when I started listening to De- Dehumanized, and then listening to Controlled, it was this really big upgrade for me. Not that I don't love prophecies, but it was, um more uniform and 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 the production you were talking about is definitely something that is a big upgrade from prophecies foretold to controlled elite and not only that though dude the the music is fucking great dude Uh, totally that whole album is a a front to back listen and and it's a very enjoyable today i did it today i did i did all those albums today i did i mean I started yeah. with the like the old school because it's been so long. So I was like, hearing the old, which have like all the Spotify top listens, and I was like, all right, well, we'll listen to those. It's been a while. Fuck yeah, it's cool. 
And then going to like the newer stuff, I was like, this is like a fucking current gnarly band. This is like yeah. a Piamia pi- kind of like feel to it too. Like a really aggressive, the, like the blasting the vocals. I was like, Jesus yeah, Christ. George is like, a great. George is a drummer that George Torres should definitely be a drummer that is spoken about way more than. Yeah. Than oh, Terminator. He, yeah, dude, he is. He's a madman. I mean, the the first time I think maybe it was the first time that I hung out with him was uh, he was drumming for Skinless. He came through on tour at the Pound, and they were selling the EP that he did, which is kind of a rare item now. Very rare in in the physical form. And I I purchased it that night and hung out with him, hung out with Sherwood. Um, He's a character. Yeah, they're all, that's what I love about New York guys. Every single New York guy that I meet on the road or or you know on this show even too, like I I love how the attitude of that that area has made all the death metal dudes that I've met. You know. There's 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 no filter with any of these guys, you know, and but they're all great dudes. Yeah, it, I I've I've yet to meet one shitty guy in, in the scene from New York, and but yeah, so George was one of those guys that I met at the pound. Super humble dude. Um, we were super stoked to be hanging with him, and his performance on that EP with Skinless was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um. And and I would have loved to see him keep going with that, but I don't know what really happened there, because then it was Longstreth on the next album, right? Hey, where yep. did he go after that? Uh, back to Dehumanize, probably, right? No, I think uh, after that he went to Mortician. He was oh, doing right. Mortician for a while, huh? Yeah, he was doing Mortician for a little bit, uh, <laughs> and then and then they brought Dehumanize back that that first time. Okay. But yeah, he's he's dude. He's his energy level is is it's incomparable. He is the dude is just he's a Tasmanian devil, and yeah. his energy is contagious. His fucking laugh is contagious. <laughs> he has an awesome fucking sense of humor, and you know I would say his his playing too actually kind of. Um slingshotted skinless into the next era of skinless because if you listen to uh progression towards evil and what's the other one before that i forget what it's called um the hanging person one foreshadowing foreshadowing yes. our demise. okay so wait no uh foreshadowing our demise was the second one right yeah no. yeah the, the progression towards evil was the first one chat uh, am i fucking it up the, those two are yeah. I see, mom. I don't know if that's right. Skinless, talking about. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Anyways, the, yeah. Dude, I, I, saw I mean, what's that? You're talking oh, about skinless. Yeah, oh, he's, yeah, he's still pulling it up. He's pulling we're it up. We're talking about an album. <laughs> the album. It's progression towards evil. Is the that's first the first one, one right? Skinless, yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. Foreshadowing our demise is the second demise. one, yeah. and yeah, then yeah. the EP with George, and after that, skinless became this like more polished style yes before that they were a little more but you know i have a good slop and i loved i loved it but then i think that george's addition on that ep pushed that band into a different 
thing. I, I've, never, so hard. <laughs> I've never hard. I've never I've never seen a drummer hit so hard and hit with precision like George. Hell yeah. Okay. And and when we did that Euro tour with Malignancy, and here's Mike Heller, you know, pretty much affirming that, reaffirming that, you know, saying the same thing. It's like, yeah, it's it's crazy how hard this dude hits, and yet it's still with precision, and it's still air fucking super tight. Yeah, he's he's uh like I said, man, he's 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 the Terminator. You know, he's he's a, he's fucking he's a beast in many ways. And then on top of that, his telepathic relationship with Rich. Is unlike anything I'd ever witnessed in, in any band that I've been in. Like yeah. when it come when it would come to like the writing process, and let's say George and Rich were just jamming, riffing, nothing, nothing structured or nothing, and they would do these transitions, change riffs on the fly, without even like looking at each other or doing any type of signals to one another, and. It's crazy. They 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 were on that wavelength with each other, and I all I I just took the pleasure of sitting back and just watching it and recording it, you know, because again we were talking about you don't want like these good ideas to to be forgotten or go into waste, but their their relationship, you know, on that creative level on that wavelength is unlike anything I had witnessed, and it was really a pleasure to watch, you know, be carried out in person like that. And that's why, too, like, after a while when it was becoming difficult for George to really commit to a lot of, you know, the touring and the shows, and we, we had to play a lot of shows with fill-in drummers, I, I wasn't crazy about that. I wasn't, yeah. you know, it wasn't the same feel, especially live, you know, because these dudes, and we had some awesome fucking drummers filling in for us. We had Ryan Hilario filling in for us. We had Mike DeFilippi filling in for us. These dudes were solid. They are solid fucking drummers. But there's no George Torres. There's no other George Torres. And then there's no other George Torres and Rich Nagasawa link. Like, yeah. And and so, like, you know, getting back to writing with Control Delete, there was also a lot of, like, unreleased old material that they rehashed and we, like, uh revised you know and 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 included on that album and watching them too bust out some old material that they wrote in like 95 or 96 and then me being able to like add my little uh you know flavor to that to that old stuff it was like like i said man it was double the pleasure for me it was fucking it was it was incredible to do that um but yeah, like well, it definitely shows on that album, dude. Like I said, I probably already mentioned it, but that uh, how you explain the sessions to developing that album, um, it it shows when you listen to it. It, it we were like it's quality, dude. Yeah, we were like okay. we we made well, not me because I'm not an original member, but like dehumanized made motherfuckers wait 14 years. If we're going to give them a new album after 14 years, we better make fucking sure it's solid. And we it better sounds make- like a band that I'm in, Odious Morton. <laughs> <laughs>
that's that that's the approach we took. So that's what it was. Fourteen years it was controlled elites from prophecies. Yeah. Wow. Prophecies was ninety eight, and controlled elite came out in twenty twelve. And then uh, Beyond the Mind came out in 2016. Actually, tomorrow is the anniversary of Beyond the Mind. It's already fucking, already fucking six years old. That's crazy to me. Uh, Dude, isn't it crazy? Like hearing albums that you've known for your whole life, or like anything, where it's like, oh, it's the 30th anniversary. You're like, I was just listening to Legion today. What the fucking <laughs> old or like 20th anniversary? Like, yeah. Like when you're like when you're in the heat of getting into metal and stuff, it's like. Oh, it's 20 years old today. You're like, that album is still like fresh to me. I don't know what's going on. Like, like decades be become nothing when you start yeah. getting like, and that's always what, like, what your parents say. It's like, oh, you don't know how fast it's going to go. It's like mm -hmm. a slice of a pie that's like going to fucking slice, like, ride right by you. But like, literally, it just flies by now. It's like a, a decade means nothing to me now. Like, a decade yeah. is like, I mean, it means something, obviously, but like, a decade away, like I feel like I was the same person a decade ago than I was now, yeah. and like it's was it's such a snap of the finger. I mean, mm -hmm. when you add all the years, once all the years start adding up in your life, and it becomes the old overall pie. You know, it's like every fucking slice is a year. Like the slices get smaller, and like it just it's crazy, man. A decade literally trips me out. As like, oh, that was a decade. Ago. Like I have Facebook like memories. It's like, oh, thirteen years ago. <laughs> <laughs> i'm like what the fuck it's over a decade on facebook now like yeah. memories i'm like yeah. losing my mind over it i'm like shit like shit's going way too quick but not trying to go into the weeds but it's the the more thoughts you have dude the more things you have to think about um and the more i think maybe we we're uh uh we're just a jar that that has a capacity dude and the more things poured into it, the more things we think about, and it takes up most of your time. And then, boom, like certain memories you on. think about, certain memories you forget about, certain it's like certain things. It's like get to you have a certain allotted space. So it's like, all right, well, imagine how much of your time is spent on like elementary school while you're thinking that during all the day. During the day, that's why music musicians like come out of like that age. They're like four or five years old, and they're starting to learn music. They all it's like their language, and they soak it in. Like as their own language, they're learning English and like one plus two and then music. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. That's why so many like uh, musicians that I know that are insane, like ones that I'm just like, fuck you, are the ones that are the ones that started when they were kids going, like, oh, yeah, well, I'll learn English along with the math and this music thing. You know, it's like it, it literally is the prime time, but they have to want to do it, though. I know a lot of people that have been like, I'm going to teach my kids, you know. Classical That's guitar what I'm saying. And... like the 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 um how we perceive time i when i tell my kids that it's going to take us 15 minutes to get to where we're driving they're like oh my god yeah 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 15 minutes you if kidding I have to piss, me 15 minutes is long it's like but... <laughs> i think all kids basically have to piss really bad that's that's like the best way to like describe their like but 15 minutes goes span. by in a second for me you but if know? you have to piss, like if you're about to piss your pants, 15 minutes yeah. is the longest thing you've ever dealt with. So it's like, that's but, my best. Okay, you so you, that's your comparison. You're saying kids just have that that thought of always having to pee. Yeah, yeah. It's like they have to. I mean, you have to. If you're driving, or down, how like, how like a, that's if, if if an adult wants to 
think like a child you have to con you have to really have to pee yeah and then you'll feel and then you're gonna start like being like you start freaking out like i'm gonna jump out of the car right now i don't know what to do like <laughs> and you have the freedom to do that as an adult but like when you're a kid yeah, you're like you have, you have like to that. sit there you have to sit there and just be like oh well whatever i'll just keep looking at nothing you yeah. know like <laughs> how many more billboards do i gotta look at and not understand as they go by <laughs> You know, Dad, what's methamphetamine? Why do I need to stop that? <laughs> yeah. What does an injured motorcycle lawyer mean? Yeah. No, but having that, like, it was like an anxiety that you had as a kid. Like, I would ask my, I'd do a two-hour drive when I was a kid. My grandparents, like, would give me so much shit for, like, are we there yet? Kind of, like, you know, and they're like, are we there yet? What's going on? Like, what's, you know, it's like 15 minutes into a three-hour drive, and they're like, you're fucked. <laughs> We're gonna well, have to listen just, to something. But that's the thing is like their mental capacity is their jar hasn't been filled up as ours. But you when know? your piss jar gets filled up as an adult, all right, back to this. <laughs> oh yeah. Um fucking I'll kind of like bring us back around. <laughs> yeah, 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 thank you, thank you. Thank you, please. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Pull please, us out please. of the weeds, please, dude. Fuck, yeah. I, fucked up. Drug one. I forgot to mention um uh, another drummer that we had filling out in for us, uh, Angel Cote. He's the drummer of Demolition Hammer. Also, he filled in for us. Also, at one point, I feel I feel like an asshole that I forgot to mention him. But um, but I guess yeah, get it. Let's let's get back to I guess the whole dehumanized stuff. Um, yeah, going in, it's 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 weird going into that situation. I uh, I took the I took a different approach where I just wanted to just focus and enjoy the whole music aspect of it rather than trying to make the band my career yeah with my with my first band with through the discipline we were trying to to go for it we were trying to you know be the rock star like every young band right we're trying to oh we got signed to a label it might be a small indie label but you're like we're gonna make it dude yeah and then when when i joined dehumanize i took the mindset of you know what We'll do what we can. And, you know, I'm not expecting it to be, you know, my career. And I'm just going to, you know, just enjoy, you know, mainly the whole musical aspect of it and, and the artistry and everything. And then ironically, I ended up accomplishing more as a musician with Dehumanized, having my most success with Dehumanized than in, in my previous bands. So yeah. it's like, when I didn't want the success per se, that's when it kind of came. It's kind of like women, you know, like you don't like you're like if you want to like if you want them really bad, they're like they're like they're like they're birds. They'll run yeah. away. You know what I mean? But if, if you like, oh, whatever, I don't really care. Then they'll all become like, what you, what's going on over here? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's kind of it's a, it's a mental mindset I've noticed with like the universe when I'm like obsessed with something or like I need it to happen. Like, it's like everything flies away. But if I'm like, if I'm humble about it and I'm like realistic about it, then it, it starts coming to me. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, like, you know, with, with Dehumanized, you know, I was able to play in Europe for the first time. I was Fuck able, yeah. I was able to tour Europe for the first time. Oh yeah. I was able to play in South America for the first time. Jesus. I was able to, you know, release albums on a, on a, solid fucking independent label and comatose music oh, yeah. shoot, shoot a music video i never shot a music video before i was in dehumanize you know and a, an official looking one and shit 
like all these little like milestones I was able to reach when I wasn't hunting for them. <laughs> Getting back to hunting. Um, <laughs> what about gathering? Gathering. <laughs> I, was gathering, I was gathering all of these opportunities and everything. Yeah, no, totally. Being grateful. Same, same with me. Same with me. It's like the people I I uh, surrounded myself with. I was like just playing guitar by myself. And then I met these guys and I was like, oh, I'm playing with my favorite. I'm friends with Suffocation now. And I'm playing with my all my favorite. Like before I knew it, I was like, what the fuck is going on? Like, yeah. like I can text Terrence Hobbs now. You know, like things like that when I was like, what is he doing on his right hand technique as a little kid? Yeah. So like I can just feel like, what are you doing on your, you know, it's like, yeah. it, it, that's what's co so cool about death metal and stuff. It's such an underground form of music. It's like you instantly, if you, if you play enough shows, you'll make friends with them. Like it's going to come and like, you can make friends with your heroes and we can all just chill and be fucking normal. Not like pop stars about it. You know what I mean? Me case in point, me personally, I've, I've actually, you know, become somewhat tight with Mike DeSalvo. And Mike, oh, yeah, I love Mike. Mike DeSalvo is one of my hugest fucking influences. Fuck yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and what's weird is like, we only started this back and forth, this, this kind of like, you know, relationship post dehumanized. It was when I started to promote my first book. That's when he hit me up. Wow. And he was, yeah, Mike DeSalvo hit you up over your first book. That's, that's yeah. Great. He was just like, yo, I'm, I'm liking what you're posting. And, you know, like uh, I myself, meaning, you know, Mike DeSalvo, he, you know, he was also thinking about publishing some of his work. Fuck and yeah. So then he was almost like consulting me for like publishing advice and like, you know, the steps to take and all that stuff. And dude, I'm like, I'm, I'm completely like beside myself. I, I still say I saved it still on my fucking phone, the screenshot of his first message to me. Whoa! Yeah. Just to, just to remind myself, like that that this is that this dude is actually like acknowledging that I'm that I exist. I feel the same way about uh, getting him on the show because he's been on our show three times now, and yeah. you know the first time that we got the experience was. Uh, the current cryptopsy lineup plus him that was the episode that's sick that was probably the biggest at the time it was the first episode where i in a long time i forget what number it was uh, maybe we could figure that out while i'm talking but doesn't matter um it was one of those you know butterfly moments of we're going to start this episode those happen those are few and far between for me now since we're 103 episodes into this thing yep. but it was it was a uh definitely a mental check for mm -hmm. me to not only probably the most people we had on the show at one time up to before that point and um it was, it was like 10 the, people or something. It was once. a full band of cryptopsy with but, old new singers. Yeah. Flow, Matt. Yeah. Old and, and then Mike plus Mike DeSalvo. And, and, you know, we had a great time with everybody on, and they've actually, though, most of those guys have been on multiple times. I'd like to have flow on again. Flow was a great conversation. I dude. love flow. Yeah. yeah. And, um, Cryptopsy is my favorite death metal band. They're fucking crazy, dude. Yeah, They're still yeah. crazy to this day. Like every time we have Mike on, I get re 
I get re-reminded of how crazy his era of cryptopsy is. Yeah. It's so insane, dude. And I, as I a love child, that. it was on my it was on my walls as a kid. Was like and then you'll beg whispers like i feel bad saying that because walls. we're so cool with matt too and i like his i i, I do love his era too I've, you know what matt has done with cryptopsy Dude, matt's is a gnarly weird. front man like i saw him recently so and i was like what the fuck like he is like he's fucking the crowd was like fucking he had him in his hands you know what i mean i was like jesus and but, he's such the nicest guy but anyways it's just whisper supremacy and and then you'll beg came to me at a time where i was so hungry for the the most tech most brutal shit you could find and and cryptopsy is just it, cryptopsy will always be just as high as cannibal deicide suffo they're yeah. just as legendary as gore guts all that shit for me they are in that that upper echelon of death metal for me and they always will be because we talk about and i've said it multiple times on the show but fuck it i'm going to say it again we talk about the fucking suffo blast we talk about the paul cannibal blast we talk about the terrorizer blast we talk about this this and that but there's the flow blast too mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it was and it was such a standout and the riffing too it was just all standout, unique, fucking thick, thick slabs of fucking technical brutality, dude. And yeah, it's flowing. His name like resonates in his playing. Like, yeah. like getting to like tour with him in, in Europe and stuff. I would like stand behind him. I was like, just me, and then I'm like right behind him, just like with a beer and just watching him play. And I'm like, it just was like this, like flow. It was like like tempos were changing and everything it was like this total trip of like this it's almost like a mushroom trip of how like you ups and downs like these ebbs and flows but like he literally would take these these tempos and would and the whole band would react to it and it was like this there was no click like click track is like a click track and cryptopsy is like it's doesn't it doesn't make it's like oil and water whatever the fuck oh, they say oh yeah you know what i mean it, does, it makes no sense because they're such a flowing band yeah, you coming can, from you can compare them to jazz in a strange way i would say jazz is more dialed in with time signatures or time than flow uh, flows it's like we just decide to go fluidity. crazy you know, fluidity yeah. dude yeah, yeah. Fluidity. it's like looking at each other and jamming actually we were talking about like freestyle jamming earlier but like we i've talked about it many times but like just wish i had like not a flip phone at the time, but it was uh, Matt and Flo just like just jam Matt from Decrepit Birth and, and Flo Cryptopsy, obviously just mm -hmm. jamming together. And I was like, what the f you guys are like writing an out like a better album than I've heard in like, you know, out of the top 10 bands in a long time, like yeah. just freestyling, you know, just they're inter just watching their brains, like kind of they're competing a little bit like Flo's, you know, Flo's got a little bit of an ego. I love him. He's one of my f best people. But like he's got he's got this fucking like what dude what are you gonna do and like Matt's like what dude what are you gonna do and it was like this cool competing energy that was like very it just compatible it just sounded sick and I, I don't know anyways I I became intrigued with cryptopsy by the by uh, overhearing a conversation in a in a record store in like the the mid nineties in Manhattan. And I overheard these guys talking about Cryptopsy. I never heard of them before. And one guy was like, yeah, yo, the drummer, he plays these blasts so fucking fast, he passes out live. <laughs> and I don't that was know. The, that was the rumor? And, <laughs> yeah, that's the telephone. 
urban legend or not or a rumor maybe that did happen at one show maybe but like just hearing this dude say that it, it, it like got me intrigued and i was like oh shit, that sounds on, on the show he had he had said the invention of those blasts were literally just the dudes telling them to play faster and then he you know violently reacted to that yeah. and yeah. He was like, like this? And they're like, actually, yeah. <laughs> they just left that part out of the story where he passed out at the end. <laughs> yeah, right. Passes out, out live. And I'm thinking, yo, that sounds insane. I gotta fucking check out this band. And then I fell in love. I heard that, you know, that 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 blasphemy made flesh. Yep. And yeah, dude. And that's not, that's not, I'm failing to mention Lord Worm. His vocal style is is can't very tell. unique and it's untouchable that's yeah exactly when we first I, heard uh, i'm sorry when we first heard that those shrieks yeah we, we were cracking up laughing because it was so yeah it's so out of the yeah out of the realm of possibility yeah. before you heard it we loved it he was he was an animal he, he's not human he was you know when he's in that mode he's in that that role he's not a human he's a fucking he's a beast and he was his the way he performs too. He's he's a front man for sure too. Oh yeah, that's one. That's one thing is is look at Cryptopsy's whole discography. And thank you, Mike DeSalvo, for sparking the Cryptopsy weeds on this episode. But the whole discography, how unique they were from album to album, and then each vocalist as well. The yep. the even just comparing each vocalist, they they took a different um, a different path with each vocalist as well. They mm -hmm. all have their unique aspects, and they all uh, deserve to be in each stage of cryptopsy that they're in. Well, they yeah. all have the they all have the it's it's kind of a one of those cool bands where they still have that rhythm section that's the same. It's like still flowing crazy and stuff and then you have uh john love of I, I can't speak french <laughs> how do you how do you say it lavassier i think lavassier lavassier and uh just watching the differences of the like but still it's got that flow like in the background like it's got it still slimy slithery fucking riffs totally amazing amazing i mean we saw him once with actually with the uh, damn on grain that played on guitar and i was like what the f they were wait so we have to good. we have to we have to pull this newest comment up i want to i want to see if this is factual i believe worm had mentioned on vox and hops interview that it was actually flow doing all those screams which is even more gnarly oh i don't know i don't know we got we got a I, don't know, I mean it's, it's it's from the worm's mouth so i mean <laughs> i've seen I him believe that yeah, yeah, but I we've seen him live and he did those screams. Oh yeah, definitely. I don't yeah. know. Maybe flow, maybe flow like did it with him, or maybe he contributed. You know, backing shrieks. I don't but know. You also have to, you have to know flow as a human being too. <laughs> he's he's fucking hilarious, dude. If you once you actually like get in with him, he's like. He's trying to like make these like low like these not funny trolls on things, like <laughs> and like when once you know him as a person, you're like, oh god, why are you shooting for that, dude? I don't know what's going on. But he'll like he'll literally like, oh, dude, I'm gonna fucking do. I, I'm I'm gonna say that I did this and just like it'd be a funny thing for him only for him only for him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, he's 
like literally one of the funniest people I've ever met in my life because he's just got this he's got this humor about him that's like he doesn't give a fuck about whatever anyone thinks about him because back in the day there was kind of like this like oh he's a egomaniac kind of guy and like and I got to hang out with him for a while he's like, like one of the wit. funniest guy he's one of the funniest guys ever. yeah yeah because me and him were like only like we we shared a bus together and we were like the only people that smoke cigarettes so we'd go to for cigarette smokes like all the time and we'd just like talk and the shit he would say would like literally have me in tears but it was like based in this like kind of egotistical like jo- i don't know it was it yeah. was like a deep joke it's a deep pull of a joke and i was like jesus man you're fucking you're in <laughs> you're hilarious like one of the like he'd be like whatever dude I'm gonna get all those chicks right now, dude. It's all good. It's like walk over there with like his chest out and stuff, and just like do like random stuff like that. Where I'd be, I'd just be me and him. I'm like, do it, dude. Go for it. And he'd be like, all right, just walk out with his chest out. Like, I'm flow, dude. What's going on? Like, to, like he was like using his kind of status as like a joke, and it fucking killed me. So, um, like, I, I could see him like starting something like that, like a rumor like that. Like, I did all the Lord Room vocals, dude. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Yes. What? Am I blacked out? Go for it, Mikey. I was going to say, speaking of jokes, I actually have dabbled in stand-up comedy myself. But oh, it was, yeah? I only like, did actually on stage? Like open mic? Hell okay. Yeah. Where did you do it at? In, 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 the, in the spot in Queens. In 2000, okay. I fucking, I, I, I've always been a big fan of stand-up. And I just wanted to see how it would feel and see if I could do it and pull it off. And let me tell you, like, I never, ever had stage fright singing i never ever had stage fright going up there with a band but the first time that i did stand up even though it was just like a five minute bullshit open mic right leading up to it like right before i was gonna go on i had those cliche stage fright symptoms right my stomach was like turning i felt like if i tried to speak i was gonna vomit and i'm i'm kind of laughing to myself I'm like, what the fuck? I never had stage fright before. What the hell is going on? But like, yeah, stand-up comedy is just a different animal, man. Did you, did you get up there and still do I, it though? I got up there and did my thing, and it was okay, you know, whatever. And then I did like a few more open mics after that. The second time I after I ever did it, I bombed terribly. Yeah. The, where the dude didn't even let me finish five minutes. Damn. Yeah. And then, then I then I was pretty much good. I was like, all right, I got it out of my system. I just wanted to try it and see how it would feel, see if I can do it. Yeah. Well, the hardest part's like the suspense before, because you probably hear like a couple people go before you, and they're like, oh, they're doing kind of good. Shit, this kind of sucks. Like, I'm worried about what my material's going to do in front of these people, you know? Actually, it was the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> so you had like open, you were like, whatever, I don't give a shit. Like, these guys no. sucked. I'm going to go up there and crush it. At all those open mics, it was usually like 20 comics per night. Damn. And maybe only one or two of them would get like genuine laughs. Mm. The rest would just be bomb city. It's a hard mm. thing to write a joke. Almost like it's gonna make yeah, it's a like, crowd laugh, dude. It's yeah. almost like setting. If it's like if it's an old bomb city though, before that, though, like they're already kind of expecting bomb city though when you get up there. So it's like there's a there's a mood set of like <laughs> nothing's been funny so far, so you better be fucking funny. You know what I mean? Like that must be so hard to get in front of that. Easier said than done, man. I was just yeah, like, yeah. focusing on the memorization because I didn't want to. I didn't want to read from notes. Like a lot of open mics, you see a lot of comics they'll read on stage yeah. from notes and shit. I wanted to do it straight from the dome, you know, straight from yeah. memory. So I was like rehearsing before I would go on, 
just going over the material. And then, yeah, shit just, I just got mad fucking nervous. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? This is alien to me. But yeah, but still though, I got up there and did my thing. But you know, it's just whatever. It's well, death metal. You have your brothers behind you. You have like your, your. It's a group coming up, going like, "We're this act. It's not just me." Spotlight. Yep. So uh, knock knock. Yeah. It's, it's not. It's not like that anymore. It's like. It's like we have like a sick drummer behind me, and like I have the chance to like uh, the crowd's gonna move, but like going up as an unknown. It's like the Power comic. Rangers uh, morphing into the one. Yeah, yeah, exactly, end, dude. Whatever that is, yeah. you're not just like a leg trying to morph like on its own. <laughs> yeah, like, like... We're all in the cockpit together. <laughs> yeah, dude. All eyes—they're all just hanging on every single word that you're saying. Yeah, not every and like any any kind of stutter or any kind of like any kind of voice, kind of like, ooh, like nervousness. Yeah. They're yep. like, "Ooh, I don't. This is not going to be funny because you're nervous." Yeah, you know, it's yep. like your confidence is low, so. It can't be funny, even even if the joke's funny. If your confidence is low, and with bands, same thing though. If like something goes wrong on stage and you're like looking around, like, oh, like looking like that, the the crowd's like, oh, something's wrong. And they'll so too- I'm gonna, yeah, they get yep. it immediately, you know. Yeah, there's so many times. I mean, I'm sure you all can attest. So many times where I had to kind of like play it cool on stage while there was a yeah technical difficulties or yeah. Or really, me getting hurt myself. I've I've fallen on stage so many times. I've slipped and really? stayed so many times, busted my ass, and just had to kind of like get up and brush it off and continue as if nothing happened. Yeah, yeah. If I just like gave just in, getting down too hard, huh? If I yeah uh, yeah exactly. If I gave in to like the embarrassment in the moment, the people would fucking you know they would catch that and they'd be like, oh you know it's kind of awkward. Uh, it's like a dog get, when they said that with like dogs are like you don't act scared like don't it's the yeah. same thing it's the same kind of sense but like a more dialed in one with humans it's like I think don't run away don't do it it's like because they'll like they can sense it you know they can immediately that's was a little more acceptable though like if somebody's fall uh, falls on the ground you're yeah. not gonna sit there and point at dude and laugh you're gonna help him up when it depends on how he falls though <laughs> no we might <laughs> laugh about it later like did you see how that dude fell if he mm-hmm. if he trips over a wireless yeah. cord, then maybe you'll you'll laugh a little bit, or you're <laughs> if you, at least you're giggling, but you're still helping him up, dude. You're like, yeah. oh, oh yeah, 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 oh dude, oh, yeah. shit, that was fucking. It's kinda, all like want everyone weird, to do dude. good. But yeah. in my case, in my case, you know, the dudes on stage with me, they're playing their instruments. They couldn't help me up. Right, right. Yeah. I have to get my my own ass up and just play it cool. <laughs> but yeah, no, it, it's all good. The, the thing is. A shit's always going to be uh, there's so many speed bumps when it comes to performing at our level you know it could be the sound guy is shitty the sound in general sucks you know the just how you feel that day on tour you drink too much the night before all that type of shit goes into play every single night that you're doing it and but most of all, it's fucking still fun doing it, no matter what, dude. I mean, there's it gonna be ups it. and downs. Uh, it's gonna be but, like the, the nights where you kill it, where like everyone's like down. There's the nights where you fuck up, and the crowd picks up on it, and you mm-hmm. can see they pick up on it, and you're like, ah, oh, shit, it's kind of weird. But you know that like that's the cool thing about touring is that you're gonna do like four million shows, so like you have like yep. if the percentage is good, <laughs> like you're fine. You know what I mean? There's gonna be the bad ones. It's gonna come. I uh, overall, it feels great. Yeah. 
I, I made, I mean, yeah, like getting back to, you know, all, we're all human and we make mistakes. I had um, on that European tour with Malignancy, I had one show. It was in, in Hamburg, in Germany. Uh, and it was one of the few venues that allowed smoking, you know, in the venue, smoking cigarettes. Now, mind you, like in the 90s, I, I was raised in, in smoke. I was able to perform with my bands in smoked out venues, you know, uh, but I guess since it had been so long since I was in that sort of atmosphere that it was affecting my performance really badly. I wasn't yeah. able to like, I wasn't able to hold out any yells. I was just like choking up there and I was clearly getting frustrated and I was even like taking jabs, like, you know, at, you know, at the, at the, at the smokers kind of, you know, and, mm. and the tour manager, you know, Luke, after that show, he pulled me aside and he was a hundred percent right. He was like, yo, I never want to see you on stage acting like that for the rest of this tour. He's like, that shit was unacceptable. <laughs> he's like, you, you, he's like, dude, you're better than that. And I'm like, no, dude, you're totally right. I, I, you know, I didn't keep my composure and, you know, it definitely affected, it definitely affected the, the entire performance and you know afterwards i felt like yeah man i was a piece of shit <laughs> but you I mean, know yeah again you know we're just human and we make mistakes and you know not every every setting to perform is going to be perfect and shit and you gotta you gotta be a pro man you gotta just power through that shit sometimes imagine being like super famous too like the iron maiden dude i can't think of his name because i've been drinking what's the singer of bruce, iron maiden? Dickinson. bruce Dickinson. he just said uh there was a guy smoking weed in front of him and he's all don't be smoking weed and fall in front of me. But and like now it's like on every headline of like metal, whatever. It's like yeah. Bruce Dickinson doesn't like weed, or it's like he just yeah. said like one line at one show, and now it's like the it's so magnified, you know. It's like yeah, I would fuck up so quickly if I was famous. Like I would say yeah. I would just blow it and say something stupid and like all right, Joel's done. All right, you blew, you blew it probably like <laughs> 73 times on this podcast in a hundred. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> but yeah, fuck it. Joking, dude. Yeah, man. Never, never turn, never turn on the crowd. Never. <laughs> did he disappear after I said that? Where'd he go? I was just kidding. <laughs> no, I, was just throwing, I was throwing a fit, a, a fake fit. But no, no, it's it's a uh, no, definitely. It's like one of those things where like if it's like where everyone's like, I want to be famous and stuff, and then they become famous and like, dude, like I watched that uh, Rick Rubin on Joe Rogan recently, and I was like, he's talking about like being famous, and he had like. He had uh, Anthony Kiedis from uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers, and then he had uh, Maynard on recently, and he like was thrown to the question of like being famous, like how do you deal with it? And Rick Rubin was like, "It's a nightmare. You do not want to be famous. Like yeah. it sounds cool in the beginning, and it's rad in the beginning. It's super cool, but like once like you like fart outside and it's on TMZ like as a meme forever. You know, it's like yeah. if you do like a normal human thing, you're fucked. Like you have to be like." completely media trained and like you have to go around just just like yeah. hello how are you how nice uh, let me sign your autograph okay if you don't yeah. if you like i can't sign an autograph right now they'll be like oh what a piece of shit like fuck that guy forever you know so mm -hmm. it's i don't know where i why turn into that especially <laughs> everybody you know has their phones and their cameras and their their they can you know videotape everything that that goes on in real time post that shit to millions of people in the moment you know it's uh, yeah we're just people get under the microscope 
and they got to be real careful, you know, what they say yeah. or what they do in public. It, I can imagine, yeah, that that can be like overwhelming. That can be yeah. a, a real shitty fucking day to day existence. Well, it's all clickbait, dude, and that's what pushes shit. Yeah, clickbait. I mean, look, I mean, um, when we when Dehumanize went down to play in Colombia the first time. I had never signed so many autographs on shit. I'd never taken so many pictures with people before that. And it, in, in some moments, it actually felt kind of overwhelming to me because I'm not used to that. Mm-hmm. Here I am with, you know, just a couple of hundred of people, a couple of hundred people. Now you can imagine like famous celebrities dealing with, you know, Thousands of people, maybe every single day, coming up to them, hounding them for pictures or autographs or whatever. And I can, I can, some, you know, I can kind of see how, like, yeah, you, that, that can be overwhelming. And in the hunter gatherer situation, that would be the top hunter. And but imagine, imagine like that's how it would be in villages. Like the guy who brought home the most meat gets all the attention, praise. Yo, take a yeah, yeah. Let's let's draw a picture of ourselves. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Trip yeah. right, and that wasn't. A, I don't think that that was really in existence back then. Obviously, it wasn't about uh, so much popularity as just getting enough food for the village. Yeah, there was no. Yeah, there was no real like. I, I mean, I've read where it's it. It didn't. Nobody talked about what was who's who got what it was just the group of the writers went out and they came back with whatever they came back with and they were that they got that as a group mm-hmm. and they shared it with the tribe but now it's who's got the sickest sneakers that they, <laughs> i'm bringing up kanye i think uh, recently his like clickbait is always crazy because you know when you scroll social media no matter if you click it or not, it's eventually going to try and get fed to you. And, yep. and the newest one was Kanye West was went or Kanye West went to get the Skechers factory and immediately was escorted out. And you're like, look, most people would click that. Like, why did he get escorted out? And yep. it would be all bullshit. It yep. would be bullshit. He yep. didn't get a, He got escorted out probably by protocol because he's a celebrity like nothing happened there really <laughs> you know but people, to get people to click the fucking website that's then it. they get their hit dude and that's like this currency that's happening mm-hmm. clickbait yeah. yeah that's what it's about it sucks because i'm i'm somewhat like all i'm somewhat involved in that you know as far as like trying to market my book or trying to market, you know, my my writing. Um, I have, you know, when I post on social media, or whatever, I need to sort of like think about, okay, how can I make this, you know, as alluring as possible to, to you know, to kind of like get people or trick people into clicking on, you know, the link for my book. You know, how can I fucking like, how can I, uh, uh, you know. Uh, what, get into of, some kind of algorithm where yeah yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And like what are the right keywords to include in in the post or in the in the title 
that's going to generate more views onto my stuff. And really, you know, it's, it's just, it's annoying. It's, it's like, I don't want to, I don't want to compete with an algorithm. Right. <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to I don't want to like be at the mercy of an algorithm. You know, I just when you can't there's no you can't like the algorithm has the choice of what becomes viewable and what doesn't, you know, so it's like it's like the trying to guess what the algorithm's thinking. I know I've watched videos on people like going like, okay, the algorithm, you have to do this certain thing and like hashtag this certain (laughs) thing, like put your hand over in the corner like this. Yeah, enough, and like it you know what I mean. Like, me up, dude. I know it's crazy. It's like literally a, a thing that people are like catching on to. Like, okay, you have to put this song for this many seconds, and then it's like getting yeah. crazy. It sucks. Uh, it it yeah. sucks. It it and like like I said, man, I'm 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 un, I'm begrudgingly like involved with it because yeah. I have I have to market my shit. You know, I want to I want my my work to reach as many people as possible, and I have it's, no choice. And it's choice. crazy, like kids like growing up nowadays too. Like kids that are like in music and stuff. Like all you know, kids, as in like you know, eighteen to twenty five, twenty six. They mm-hmm. have the shit down, and I'll like, I'll hang out with them, and they'll add me, and they're like, oh, they they have twenty six thousand followers. Like what the fuck? Yeah. Like you know what I mean? Like, and they have they haven't released an album in their life, and all, but they just have this like they have it like it's built in their brain when they're coming up, like how to, how to deal with social media, that they mm-hmm. know how to get these followers or like how to they know how they just know they know like what to tap into so you pushing your poetry back i'm taking it back again to hunter gatherers how how would you have to do that dude it wouldn't be written you have to just walk around and just keep telling everybody your poetry dude word word of mouth but word of mouth literally but see in that instance i wouldn't need to have to worry about selling a book or making money off of my art Right. I would or, I would already have my necessity. Uh, yeah. You know, so when yeah. you 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 wouldn't be like doing it for money. You wouldn't be doing it for like a profit. No, but I'm like, sure I already have my like, food. I really like that poem. I'll give you an extra. It goes three back three apples if you tell me it again. Yeah, it goes back to it goes back to when we were talking about sharing music, like playing Queen, blasting Queen out the window. It's just something that's inside where you just want to share something beautiful with people. You want to connect with people through art, through something that you, that you really love and you want other people to experience that same love. That's, you know, in essence, that's kind of, you know, what my (laughs) motivation is, but at the same time, I, you know, begrudgingly, I have to make money, (laughs) you know, doing so. Um, so it's 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 like a weird it's a weird balance that that they you need to maintain as an artist you know these days, uh, you know like, and it's and it's because I have my own you know subjective war on civilized society where I view freedom as being able to to make a living, you know contributing my creative skills, you know and. Because I've all the day jobs I've ever held in my life have just been like in the service industry, and that's shit that I just go through the motions uh, with. And you know, I, I don't contribute any of like the the skills that I'm proud of to those jobs. It's basically just I'm doing it for pay. I'm basically you know feed me, you know like, and my I don't feel autonomous in that role, but. You know, if I can turn 
some 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 of my like creative skills into a career then you know that's sort of like the definition for me in my mind of being free and in a way it's sort of like settling for civilization's version of freedom um because that's just how the culture is that's 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 you know money kind of buys freedom it buys it can buy time it can buy leisure you know it could buy freedom um but also like it's it, it can but the universe has set a set of rules where a lot of people that win the lottery go bankrupt a lot of people that win the lottery kill themselves like it's like it's not there's you know money doesn't money it actually brings, ruins their life yeah a lot of <laughs> a lot of people that get a lot of money will like be like all right well like it's easier to like pay bills and stuff now but like oh shit here's the underlying problems as me as a human being it's not solved at all and that's no. the money doesn't buy everything kind of thing like that's that's like it's it's made sense to me but like where it's like okay well it doesn't it doesn't buy happiness you know what i mean a yeah. yacht like a, a if i could buy a billion dollar yacht tomorrow i'd be psyched for like four months so here's here's my <laughs> argument no. to money can't buy happiness um if you, I don't know what the number is, but there's a number where I don't have to worry about spending anything. I don't know. I, whatever, just to live the life that I live, go on vacation a few times a year, eat good, go out to good restaurants every now and then, but more so just spending extra time with the people that you love. I said that in the beginning. So there's a number for each of us that you just don't have to look at your bank account. You can just well, go no, and do what like spontaneous trips. Spontaneous well, that's cool. That's cool. That's trips. cool. That's totally cool. But the thing is though, the one thing that the pleasure that you're missing out on is the one that this one trip that we're doing is something we've worked for. That's gone. So now yeah, that's gone. And, yeah. now, and do that for a year and get back to me. <laughs> that's like, that's why i like like i said my goal is to be able to enjoy the work yeah just plain and simple like i i want to work i love to work i love to challenge myself but if it's work that i feel doesn't speak to to any of these you know creative skills that i have it's just empty fucking labor it's, it's just being a robot you know even yeah. though i make enough money to support myself and and take trips and all that stuff still it feels like it's dirty money i feel like i'm earning it by being a prostitute or some shit yeah definitely <laughs> you know i don't i don't want to be rich either i don't need to be rich i'm i i'd be perfectly happy making the same amount that i do through my day job but through writing i don't need yeah. any more than that i don't need things i don't want things i want i want time and i want a story to tell i want health as long as i can get it i want my brains until i until i blink out i want my brains to be just like this until yeah. i blink out that's the thing that i don't want to lose my shit at the end dude i just want to be like my nano dude he was fucking he had his wit all the way to the end what is that anthony, 90. What? anthony what does nano mean in uh italian Grandpa. to the okay because people when you said that a million times when we were talking growing up i was like nano is that the boy or the girl I don't, yeah I, I don't have no it's like a it's an italian loving uh term of endearment for your grandpa right 
Yeah, that's what we call him. Not everyone's and Italian, so he made it. He made it to. Uh, I'm Sicilian. He made it to uh, ninety with it till the end, dude. Didn't lose shit. Mm-hmm. I was sitting. Was he smiling? Two, to, was he like two having weeks good time? before he passed, dude? I I sat in his backyard with him while he was smoking a cigar, and we yeah. talked like it was it was. That's sick. It was no different than you know all the years that I spent with him before, and yeah. and. Uh, so yeah, you want that maybe, and you just want to fucking rage as long as you can. Healthily, you gotta the health thing needs to. We're on the back end now, guys. I I just turned thirty eight. I need to start watching my shit, dude. Maybe not so many tall cans every Thursday night. Yeah, oh, that's water, dude. But uh, <laughs> it is. yeah, it's just sparkling water, dude. Yeah, yeah. I have the you know get to the, once you turn thirty eight, you have to go to the A percenters. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but no no it's it's definitely like a, it's a mix because you know like i've i've had many grandparents and great grandparents and and you know like uh dementia units of of homes and stuff and you have to like they're just keeping them alive they're like, like freaking out and stuff and i'm like i would rather trade that in to like live to 71 72 rather than like live to 95 yeah. being a, a unit just like yeah. my yeah, mom my mom you know like taking care of her family and stuff she's like Pull the fucking plug. Like, I'm not doing that shit. You know what I mean? You don't and, want to be a burden. Yeah, it's because yeah. people don't want to let their shit. I mean, obviously, like, they're, they're, you know, they're old, man. It's like, it's time. Sometimes mentally, if they're gone, they're gone. And like, you're Nano or whatever. Like, he was hanging out, smoking cigars to the very With the end. People and that he loved every yeah. single day. And that's not, that's a, a lot of people aren't doing that. So a lot of people are just like, they're like, I, my, my father can't die. And, and I'm like, not advocating cigar smoking. I'm just saying, like, as his last in his yeah. last little thing he's like you know what what am i gonna start doing i'm 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 fucking 88 let's start smoking yeah. cigars you know <laughs> Dude, yeah you've made it like past the like the median yeah. like life span let's, have, of a human. let's have a like, brandy for breakfast every now and then you know yeah yeah mm-hmm. totally I'm, that's I'm totally that was what that. that's what he embraced at that time and and before that he was always a party dude i've been in reno with him where he drank so much vodka he couldn't fall asleep dude and you're just like <laughs> whoa bro he couldn't, <laughs> couldn't fall asleep no but that's not i'm not just saying that he's a drinker but he loved his family but he still had too. fun he was used to laughing having a good that's time what I'm he saying. Wasn't this like, was like in that yeah, yeah. late stage where in act five where you're like what else am i gonna fucking what can i what i what can i pack in like you I'm know? not gonna I'm not gonna like drink green shakes and be keto when I'm 90. You know what I mean? No. I'm gonna be having drinking the things that make me feel loose and fun and whatever. Because it's like yeah, it's the it's the kind of what like you're when you're when you, you know? go when you go to the casino with your family, what are you gonna do? You're not gonna you gotta go kind of big, you know. <laughs> well, Vegas true. is always a go big place, but I mean Reno is a go big place for the older crowd, dude. You know exactly. What was it John Esquagas? Hey. All right, dude. Fuck. Let's get out of this weeds. So many weeds, Michael. I know, Michael. Michael, actually, you bring it out of us. It's uh... yeah, yeah, just it just it just happens, man. Like no, I said. it's not a bad thing. I'm just saying that these <laughs> these are harder to get out on this episode than uh, most other ones. <laughs> I want to say one thing that I've been saying since before I had my first drink to the you know my sixth or seventh now is that Michael reminds me of uh, New York surge from system of a down a little bit with the with this current look yes <laughs> I'm, yeah, bro- 
and you have a t you have a, a, a kind of like an open like kind of like outward um very interesting way of thinking and your the way you speak is kind of like them too i just watched the interview with them yesterday <laughs> I'm, only so, I'm only growing this out right now for a halloween costume actually oh nice what's it gonna be i can't tell you oh it's a surprise I, I I uh back the surprise until Halloween. There's a few people who are like, I'm not telling you until you see me. I'm gonna blow mine now. I actually wanted to take a picture of it and send it to you today, but for the first time ever, I'm gonna be I was a banana. Vincent, I you're gonna be, be a banana. A banana, yes. You're rocking the banana, nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was, when when I Casey, you guys be more stoked, but you guys are my, my so build a backstory. Uh, last what was it last episode or something i said i've never seen joel eat a banana i've never seen the banana eat a banana casey has confirmed that he has photo evidence of it and he showed it to me i don't think everyone gets the joke though so well that's fine go back and go to the back episodes and find it in the three hour episodes that we do every week dude it's only like three thousand hours speaking of like back episodes danny fucking danny nelson he does the illest Halloween costumes. That yeah. dude, he goes all out with his shit. He Hell transforms, yeah. yo. He takes on the character and everything. Full Damn. makeup ever. He's he's fucking he's nasty with Halloween costumes. Dude, that yeah, that's awesome. We just realized it kind of just happened to where we had three New York people in a row in the last three weeks, right? Is that correct? Yeah. We had, so you had you had yep. seal, right? We had Chris, and then Danny, and then me, and then Danny, and then you. Yep. Yep. Also, Guy Marchese, like Marche, yeah. showed up in the. So it's actually four. Yeah. What's up, dude? See, New York people are fucking awesome. I mean, they have a style to them that I like respect so much. Like being in California, it's just kind of like straight up, like funny, like ripping on each other. Someone, I think Jesse from Incinerate texted me this morning. He was like, "Dude, that." That one with a, a guy and shit. He's always dying laughing how hard he was getting like it's, ripped on and just being like roast. Yeah, like the roast <laughs> mentality. The roast yeah, yeah. mentality is keeps you honest. Keeps you honest. You can't be like sheltered by anything. It's like we're making fun of you constantly and you gotta come back or else what? Guys <laughs> <laughs> like, let me show you my gear, and he's like it's a fucking museum. <laughs> like, like you don't fucking touch any of that. <laughs> Very sarcastic, very cynical. That's the yeah, dude. Chris made me laugh harder than uh, probably a lot of episodes of the show, dude. I I laughed pretty fucking hard that day. Dude. Like I wanted him and Guy to start a, a fucking podcast. I was like, you guys like have this natural ripping on each other thing, but they're like smiling the whole time. They're not like taking it personally. Going like, what? What? Are you? They're like, whatever, dude. You fucking your socks roll short, dude. I don't know, like why you like why do you like red Gatorade. But like make up like just no like these deep jokes these deep jabs on each other and everyone's just like uh, they're fucking going nuts on each other you know I need off <laughs> you're, camera you're kind of on the circuit right now you you got Vox and Hops coming up uh, yeah next, next week right next okay. week yeah we're talking with Matt and um, we were supposed to do this for the first book too I forgot I forgot why it fell through but this time around now we seem to be good to go I'll be I'm definitely looking forward to that you know um, nice dude. I mean, of course, like being a Cryptopsy fan myself. Right, right. It's gonna be a fucking pleasure getting to to chat with him. I I I would be happy just talking to him about Cryptopsy the whole time. 
Like fuck, fuck plugging my book. <laughs> talk about cryptopsy. That'll be good. It'll uh, be uh, three times less than this time wise. <laughs> about about. I think he does an hour, right? I think so. Yeah. But you guys so. might. Uh, but the, I don't know how he does it. But if you might talk longer than that, and he just edits the best parts or whatever. I don't know how he does that. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. But as 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 far as time goes. It's it's one right now over here, and I have to be up at six. Oh, dude, yeah, let's, we should probably wrap it up for you then, bro. We're up, we're up. Yeah, I'm in no. Trust me, I'm in no fucking rush. I don't need to be good for my day job. Fuck them. I, <laughs> I don't need to be on point for that bullshit. So whatever. That is true. Like it's all it's all about like when you have like something that you're looking forward to, but you have something that makes you money or like, whatever, I'm just going to be as good as I can for this yeah. next that's, day. And that's, and it's Friday we're, tomorrow. I mean, uh, yeah, we're done. We're yeah. Done. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, thanks for coming on, man. Yeah, awesome. Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah. Mike, that was sick. That was especially being on the East coast. You're three hours ahead of me. And I'm like, fuck dude, I got to work tomorrow. But you're like, dude, it's fucking, I got to wake up at six and it's fucking yeah. one. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> But no, thanks for hanging out, man. I really I mean, you were drinking vodka out of that glass, right? No, water. I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> I can't do vodka. I can't do it. I can't do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I like bourbon, you know. Me too, I, me too. I, I love bourbon. That's my only spirit of choice now at my age is a good bourbon. Vodka is harsh with me, man. I don't know. For some reason, it's harsh. It's just, it's just alcohol is what vodka is, right? It's like alcohol. It's like it's not like a taste or anything. It's just yeah. add alcohol to whatever you're doing. It's like whiskey has like a taste, like a distinct thing, and like yeah. tequila and everything. Like vodka is like a clear, like rubbing alcohol. It's a little bit more. Yeah. It's like tasteful. Nah. Yeah. yeah, bourbon on the rocks. Let it let it yeah. uh, open up. Five minutes of sitting in the ice, and then maybe I'll have up my cocktail of choice is just old-fashioned but that's just adding sugar to bourbon you know yeah yeah i love old fashions oh i love them too dude they're my favorite <laughs> all right well uh, dude think, this is rad i think this was the most um most uh eclectic episode right i mean this is the most i don't know yeah. there's 103 now dude we could go back and find a <laughs> <laughs> pretty eclectic one probably in there well, somewhere but no this was definitely the, the, as far as the weeds we call them the weeds on this show dude yeah. we've we've gone deep 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 we're going to straight shredding right now this is going to be uh fucking max anomalous for uh rating right now because we love him nice best. dude i love max dude he was so with us right on now. our 100th episode love you max dude so love you guys and, thanks for hanging and, out he uh yeah, yeah. he's some new anomalous dude on that show go back and listen to it he yep he nice. uh surprised me and said that they're working on that shit but with little words but yeah where battle force coffee that with as little words as possible he's trying not to give it too much away but yeah powerless powerless machine, machine dude november oh, yeah 15th. powerless machine awesome. november 15th new book that's Amazon. the official release. You can pre-order it now. You said on ebook, but November fifteenth is when you can get a physical. You can get the paperback. Yep, November fifteenth. I'll be getting the paperback, dude. Uh, uh, I greatly appreciate it. Yes, <laughs> dude, no, I'm very interested. I want. Awesome. I want to read your poetry. I'm a poet myself. We didn't talk too much about that, but we, yeah, 
I'm the front man of Odious and all that yeah. shit. I write, I've been writing poetry, <laughs> but we wanted to make this about you, dude. That's how to get to it. But <laughs> this, uh, you know, there could be another Just episode in that, the future <laughs> where we, you and I can go deeper into poetry. Yep. You know, hell yeah, it's, man! It's a very, very uh, important art form for me, as well as the music that we are involved in. Poetry is right up there with with that. So, yes, dude. Thank but, you for yeah, man. Thank you for letting me come on here and just fucking talk about my shit. No, dude, this is really I cool, dude. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. We had, we had a great, great time tonight. Yeah, yeah, super awesome. Allow me to, you know, shit on civilization. Thank you, man. That's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all good. No problem, dude. We, I, I, I'm like, whatever, we, dude. Whatever. We let you. We <laughs> let you take our hands down into that rabbit hole, dude, and uh, it's all good. Yeah, dude. yeah. That was rad. No, I mean, you actually made some good points at the end towards about like the agricultural like like turning it back and using an analogy for what i was talking about i was like jesus christ okay maybe you're right but it's fine everything's good yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's all good man all right well love you guys uh go go buy that book go do what you need to do to support this man he's an interesting dude and uh had a great time tonight battleforgecoffee.com get your coffee fix over there and uh we'll see you next week guys Bye. Rock on.